When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You are now listening to the Save Cast, the number one old school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Sebe cast number 93 with Mulgoat Kirby. Mulgoat, how you doing this fine evening? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing yourself? I'm doing fantastic. I'm very excited to talk today. There's that you have honestly been a recommended guest for the past few months and especially with TOA release, your videos and your guides and just everything has been super helpful for like people getting into TOA and getting to their 500 fang kit stuff like that so uh yeah you've definitely been talk of the town lately and uh it's a pleasure to finally get you on i want to pick your brain today yeah i'm excited for it so let's i guess have a brief introduction of you who are you and how did you like get onto like the old school scene when did you start streaming and all that stuff when did your name start getting a little bit more popularized around the community so i mean i'm mulga kirby um Used to go by Darklord 1A. Uh, essentially, I mean, I got into the game. I mean, I, as a kid, I got into the game. And then, you know, I stopped playing, took a break just because to focus on school. But then maybe like a year or so after Old School came out, uh, one of my friends told me about this game. So I checked it. There was an like Old School version of it. I checked it out. And then, you know, just did my thing. Played for a, a few years. And eventually... Um, I think the first time I started kind of streaming was when we were doing the... Me and like sales group doing like the the, the TOB speed runs and back in like 2019 trying to get like the really fast times and such. That's I think the first time I started streaming. It's also around the time you know, I built a PC because my my laptop couldn't really handle it. And um, yeah, that's where it all began. You know, we were just a small time streamer for a while. You know, I started doing solo TOB. Uh, but after that, it was it was doing for like a long time. And when I made my kind of debut to streaming, and then. Over time, just kind of did my thing, did random challenges, random speedruns, uh, just tried to always do interesting things on stream. And I think the first time I started to see some major traction 
with like the community kind of finding out who I am was when I made the Kirby skip. Um, yes. Because yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I remember when I when I made it. It at first it seemed like it wasn't you know it's just like a cool little thing I tweeted and it didn't seem like it get got too much traction. And then suddenly a, a few months later, I realized oh, like a bunch of people are doing it. They're calling it the Kirby skip. I'm like, when did this happen? <laughs> and, and yeah, and then like, um, eventually I made the the Kirby skip guide, and I just remember like you know suddenly after a whole Kirby skip notoriety, I started seeing like you know average more like twenty to thirty viewers on Twitch, which for me was pretty big to be reaching those numbers at the time mm-hmm. compared to what I had before. So that's definitely when it all started to kind of like pick up, I would say. What and... what is the Kirby skip for those that don't know? So the Kirby skip is basically a way during uh, Chambers of Zarek, Raids 1, when you get to the rope room with uh, NPCs that attack you while across the rope. Uh, in SCM, normally it'd be impossible just to cross and not die unless you have teammates t- to like tag them. But in a solo, essentially you skip uh, the rope room. You, you do the rope skip by just um, going on like 1 HP and you, you gen an HP on the cross. You do like a redemption and you do a panic on the way back. Like you just, you basically tank a million damage going back and forth without dying and save like 40 seconds. So it's really cool. How did that even come to be? Like, did you think, or was there already sort of a rope skip at that time? Or did you literally just invent it? Because I honestly don't know the history of it all. So the history of it, I mean, at the time in normal solos, you could just, you know, cross in like full, uh, full armadillo and like a bulwark and like a, a p-neck and hope for the best yeah. and it would <laughs> literally work, you hope know. for the best <laughs> yeah it worked you know decent amount of time but in a cm there was no way you were just you were dead yeah. um i think there may have been potentially a, a double p-neck skip in cm but it was a very high death rate or something i don't know it was it was like a, it was all right not the best it was like maybe like a 10 percent death rate or something mm. or 15 who knows but um essentially it all started about when i saw a clip of port hazard he was doing some he, he did like a, because back then the Kirby was a bit different. He did like a little stall with I Am Protection Prayer. And I saw a clip where Pork Hazard, he does this, and then he has like lobster and trout, like all these random foods in his inventory. And he's eating very specific kinds of food to like stay on the other side for like 10 seconds to slowly pick up a crystal and then make his way back. And I thought that was really cool. I was like, what if we found a way to make this consistent and only use like, you know, minimal inventory slots? And I basically spent like, two hours of chat just kind of theory crafting. I was actually surprised how many people were watching at the time. Uh, I guess people were interested in it. I had no idea at the time this would lead to something so big. Yeah. And I was actually getting pretty close at one point to giving up. And then someone got me another scout that was like rope first so I could bring more Phoenix into the raid. And when we were really close to giving up, we finally figured out the combination of actions to do to invent the Kirby skip. And then I tweeted it. And yeah, just over time, it became popular. And that's how it all started. That is so crazy. That skip, by the way, is just insane. Also, isn't there like three different variations being at one to three HP? Yeah, but basically there's like slight differences in what you do. Um, also, I should mention, so the current skip is the Kirby skip 2.0, which, because, you know, like a year later, they patched stalls to like um, fix some stuff that happens like in other places in the game. But by pure chance, it also broke the Kirby skip. And after they did that, a week later, it was kind of funny... Um, I was in like a Cold Ones chat, and Zuck's Goat was asking me, like, there's a Twitch person, uh, Zuck's Goat, um, asked me, what are the odds of surviving like the two Phoenix skip in the CM? So, because of that, I went to do some simulations, and while I was doing the simulations, I was thinking of like, how could I improve the two Phoenix skip? And while doing that, I just kind of realized, you know, the idea of purple sweeting um, on a crossback came to mind, and like doing the redemption on the, f- or the HP region on the first cross instead of the second cross came to mind, and like, 
I realized this might work to make a new Kirby skip, and that's when I just came up with Kirby skip 2.0, and then I just I just stayed up all night and made the guide for it that day. And so that's how that one came to be. But yeah, back to the 1, 2, H3 thing, mm-hmm. it's basically like um, when you're crossing, you know, your HP affects the maximum damage the majors and the rangers can do to you. So, and, you know, if you bring a locator orb, you can always be 1 HP for the easiest skip. But, um, you know, it's not efficient. It's better just being purple sweets. And when you basically, after you do Vespiola, you overload down after brewing and purple sweeting. And because purple sweets heal randomly between 1 to 3, you're going to end up either on 1, 2, or 3 HP. So you need to have a method for each. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically, 1 HP is the easiest. You just go low defense. Uh, 2 HP, you go high defense. Uh, and then 3 HP, you go low defense, but you drink a brew on the way to the crystal. And it, based on the simulations, those give you a really low, like, 1, 200 death rate. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's definitely people listening to this right now that have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but they are probably intrigued. Just, like, how... I just want to know, because I, I obviously, when I was doing my CMs, I was doing it for the Grandmaster things. I obviously was watching your guide. The skip seemed... Super gigabrain. You know when you see anything for the first time in RuneScape that's like different, and you're like, "What is going? Like, how was this even yeah. pulled off?" Still to this day, yeah. I still don't fully understand it, but I understand somewhat what's going on and just how stalls are and how when they shoot out, their hits are being calculated when they're actually casting it. Anyway, um, like how? <laughs> I just wonder, <laughs> like, did you think this would work? Did you think the Kirby skip would work initially, or was it all just like? praying just like maybe there's something here or did you have a feeling like there is a way to skip this it was mostly just praying like i felt like surely this gotta be something but i mean like i said after like two hours i was getting very very close to giving up and thinking maybe there's not a way because at the time i know my understanding of stalls and like phoenix necklaces and pit and ticks and all that it wasn't as good as it is now Mm -hmm. so i was kind of like testing stuff and actually kind of learning while doing it and, you know, chat was giving me suggestions while I'm just, like, you know, using the knowledge I have to determine what are good versus bad suggestions, like what can actually work, what can't. And, yeah, I just it got to a point I'm just kind of praying I can find something, but I had no way of knowing if this would actually turn into anything if, the whole time. If there was anything different with the tightrope room, would it work? Like, if the crystal was one more tile away, would it even be possible to do it, hardly? Or no, like, it, it, it it's just, actually... Yeah. It's actually tick perfect the way it is because it's like as you make it back from the crystal to the thing, it's like the NPCs happen to start attacking you right as you enter the stall of crossing the rope. And you, as you leave, they fire one last time as you're leaving. And that one's also like that barrage of hits also gets clumped into that stall that gets nulled by the PNEC. So if, you know, even if a rope was one tick longer to cross, if like the crystal was one tick <laughs> further away, like anything, it would not work. Which is just crazy. That is How so. Perfect. It just remind like, dude. Chambers is honestly this happy mistake. There are so many things in there that are just happy mistakes, and somehow it just works out. Like, yeah, like four to one ohm and the rope skip. <laughs> yeah, it's just nuts. I mean, even like, I don't know. I feel like Chambers has just been messed around with so much. I guess that inevitably these things would come out with like the Galaxy Brain players in the community. Like, people are going to find ways to get around things. I just find it absolutely brilliant. Now, this is something I wanted to ask, because obviously Chambers of Zarek was the first attempt at a raid, and they did a great job. I mean, obviously, people love Chambers. And then T.O.B. came out, which was like an enhanced, well, they, you know, they're 
intention was to make an enhanced version of raids a, a better version and then toa of course is the third iteration Ch um toa feels to me more intuitive to like a normal player it's just like there's certain mechanics that feel right that they're very visual you kind of see what's happening with chambers it doesn't really feel like that it feels more like these hidden sort of intuitions you need to know what's going on somewhat because like four to one there's no possible way anybody like would have just figured that yeah. out on their own unless they're like absolutely giga brained you know and uh, that's not really the case with toa necessarily although we do have aka i guess as with the butterfly True. method so what are your thoughts on toa do you think it has more or less depth than chambers in particular maybe i guess we can throw in tob with that as well uh and i guess uh yeah. no, no, no. i was i was also gonna just say like just in general as well what are your thoughts on toa and uh yeah especially when it comes like depth yeah uh i would say i guess in a way it's got more it's definitely because you know when you think of chambers aside from uh some of the finicky tricks we have a lot of it's pretty basic like thieving room just opening a chest over and over yeah. i assume you're cutting logs putting them on a, a fire yeah. like it's very a lot of our rooms in chambers are definitely very very basic um but obviously you know the rooms that aren't basic like ohm and uh rope skip and i guess even like kind of the timing on tecton mm -hmm. um definitely a bit more in-depth whereas uh i guess if i think of toa i mean the back's pretty straightforward you just attack and then hide behind rocks um Baba, other than a red X, which is obviously kind of technical. So I guess it has its own kind of like technical method as well. Because uh, it's, it's pretty... I made the guide for that red X to help people out with it. I mean, I didn't discover red X, but I just made the guide to help people out. Because I saw a lot of people struggled with it, so... Um, that was very helpful, by the way. That was like okay. the biggest help with me getting my 500. Because Baba was nice. a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Glad it helped. Um, so yeah, so I guess Baba's got some, uh, some more in-depth kind of technical stuff. And... I think then we got Aka. Obviously, Aka's got a butterfly, very technical and the, the precise timing to skip the uh, AoE d attack from the shadows and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you know, the step back method to because you can just pray melee and switch prayers, but stepping back saves a lot of HP and it's a bit of a rhythm to get down to one of those ticks. Definitely a, a, a lot. I mean, you know, dodging the, the end phase of Aka that people love. Yeah, that's a very. Uh, <laughs> That's just kind of just be good at the game, I feel like. Yeah. There's that, not much... It it really also just comes down to just being a little bit patient. I feel like yeah. we have had this thing drilled into us playing this game where you can't miss a tick. Yeah. And, like, sometimes that can be to our own detriment, because I just want to get past that come phase as fast as humanly yeah. possible, and it's just... <laughs> nah, sometimes you got to take a step back. Although, I am surprised, because for some reason, when you see things that look very random like that, like that whole white phase and there's just so much shit going on it feels as though maybe it's not random and maybe this is actually like there's different layouts i'm surprised that nobody and i'm not saying it is random or or, or not random but like i feel as though somebody would have figured out by now certain tiles to stand on so you can always guarantee pass aka like without ever touching anything like i'm surprised there's not like certain tiles you stand on or if there's different variations of the room there would be different tiles you stand on where you don't even need to look at the balls coming at you you just step on certain ticks but i think it is yeah. completely random is that the case i think i, I mean one time i spent a few minutes looking at it, but 
not nearly long enough to determine much. So I I'll have to maybe at one point uh, take a look just to check if there is actually a pattern. That'd be interesting. But I feel like it's probably just random. Okay. Yeah, because usually things feel like they're random and then you actually like see it and it's like oh this isn't random like this is Jagex's like 20 different phases of where it's going but I've also yeah. heard but I have heard this you're gonna have to let me know if this is true or not this is just a rumor I okay. heard where um the white balls will approach like the they will go to where you're standing like some will spawn with the intention to hit where you currently are is that the do you know about that? Or is it truly just everything's random? It doesn't base anything off of your player? That's my first time hearing it. That would be interesting if it's true. Because you could, I guess, a little bit manipulate where we're going to go. But if that was the case, because uh, the white balls, they can have like a little line. I mean, you know, if they pick a direction. I feel like if they were aiming at you, it would look a lot more obvious. Because I feel like some of them would go like way off in the wrong direction. Yeah, I was, so, just, I was wondering if it was like P3 ohm, or like head phase ohm, I mean, where like, crystals are obviously everywhere randomly, but obviously it looks way more like, okay, obviously there's a crystal falling on me every whatever, four or five or six ticks or whatever it is. Um, yeah. It's not quite the same with Akka, but I feel like maybe they spawn every few, like one orb will spawn every you know six or so takes where you are and it tries to head toward where you currently were but i don't really know i'm just surprised though that there isn't like an absolute optimal path for that already but who knows maybe it'll just never come if it's truly random just a yeah. thought i had maybe i'm i'm definitely gonna look more into my room to see if i can find anything but uh, so far no luck yeah what is your thoughts on that final phase do you like it i know there was a De there was a definite upset of or an uproar of the player base with that phase in particular in that boss room. Yeah, um, I will say this: like when when the room goes well and like you just dodge it, it feels really good. But there's just you know every once in a while I get that one pattern that just feels undodgeable or like especially if a, if you know if you're playing when servers are kind of bad and you have you have that much less time to react. It makes it so much harder to do a room because it's oh, yeah. it's all reaction based that room. So if you're doing with like a half tick delay because servers are really bad right now, it's obviously a much less fun. But um, overall, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'll have days where it feels like I just every time do a room well and it feels like a fun room, and then some days where I don't know it, just, it goes all wrong. So overall, I don't know. I I, I kind of like it, but I wouldn't mind if I tuned it down like two percent. Yeah, I think we're all starting to... Because I, I don't really hear it, people complaining as much anymore, maybe because people are just tired of complaining about it. But it definitely yeah. does feel a lot better than what it did on like the first couple weeks of release. It just felt awful then, and I think it's just because yeah. everyone is rushing it. What is your favorite room at TOA? Or your favorite part? Favorite part? Like favorite part or favorite room? Yeah, I guess favorite part of a favorite room or just favorite room in yeah. general. Up to you. Um... Uh... It's hard to say. Like obviously, I feel like Zebek's fun just because you hit so big on Zebek and dodging, uh, you know, all just moving around, um, and so you know, solving like the little. It's kind of like a little puzzle, a little boulder thing. Like if you have upset stomach and such, you don't have a lot of time to solve it sometimes. So mm -hmm. yeah, be quick to think. But let me think. Let me go through the rooms one by one. Baba. I mean, <laughs> I don't think Baba's my favorite. It's just either Red X or play the RNG simulator. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got. Kefri, Kefri's all right. 
I guess it is kind of like uh, trying to be take perfect and gain all the swarms can be kind of satisfying when you get the, the most optimal thing on that. Um, Kepri's okay, I guess. Uh, what else we got? We got um, Aka. Um, I mean, butterflying is pretty satisfying. I do like the butterfly method. I'm glad that's a thing. Yes. I do also like that they, you know, they change it so that like it does every minute do a special. You can't just AFK butterfly the whole fight. I think that's a fair balancing change. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do like I do enjoy the butterflying, and it's and like when you do the little DPS skip as well, like the tick perfect trick to skip past like when you you know you do, don't do enough damage my shadow does the attack it's pretty satisfying when you just you skip over it and get back to the cycle yeah i've seen that i haven't mastered it myself but i've definitely seen it i'm just like i'm still yeah. at that intermediate stage where i still make the yeah. occasional mistake but for the most part i'm getting it down but yeah yeah i also get making a, a, a short like one minute guide for it maybe because they, they changed the tiles that work for it that one time mm. when they br they broke it for a week then they fixed it but when they fixed it it changed which tiles you use for it so i was like okay um but yeah, and there's Warden. Obviously Warden. There's a lot about Warden. Um Obelisk I mean Obelisk phases just hope your hits are good. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing too special. Uh P2 Warren is actually pretty I mean it can be kinda of, it's pretty satisfying, you know, dodging all the little obelisk specials and uh maintaining DBS and then being quick to do your switch, get on the core. Definitely a very satisfying uh part of a fight I'd say. And then P3 Warden. Obviously, you know, when we do the skulls, it kind of feels satisfying to yeah. do the skulls. Uh, and then when you have, like, a good P4 dodge session. But, yeah, I'm going to lean towards just... I don't know. is just, just kind of fun. Like, it's not necessarily the hardest or anything, but it's just, like, a fun room. You hit big, hit big numbers, do some fancy puzzles. Yeah. Some quick movement. Yeah, that's that, kind of, like... It's, like, not reinventing the wheel at all. It's just a fun fight i guess i feel like people do like zebak a lot yeah or something like you know kefri's kind of the opposite where you just has high defense you just kind of feel like you're hitting nothing sometimes yeah yeah so there have been also some talk about the rewards from toa mainly osmumpton's fang as you probably heard people thinking it's too common um too powerful and just overall like they think like there's just way too many in the game and it's gonna plummet in price and that's affecting other weapons do you have any thoughts on osmumpton's fang uh i was definitely surprised when i found out it was gonna be on the like super common section of a rare drop table um i've heard some people mention that you know maybe jmods want to make this as like a a sort of accessible weapon so we can make more difficult bosses in the future which I guess if that's the case, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's more accessible. But, I mean, it, it still feels weird to have such a powerful weapon. Like, this could have easily been, like, a one-bill weapon like the Scythe if it was just um, oh, yeah. rarer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, easily. I feel like... Okay, so people have offered... And I've had different takes on this over time. Obviously, my opinions kind of change on it the more information I get. But people have been saying, like, they should have switched the ward with the fang and like switch the rarity of those which i actually do agree with at this point um but i also feel like the fang could have been on the same plane as the shadow and just had like two mega rares like osmumpton's fang and the shadow because let's be honest osmumpton's fang like really is i mean obviously the yeah. shadow is just disgusting that's in like yeah. a completely different field but yeah the fang is definitely up there with mega rare status in my opinion yeah 
at the very least, I feel like it could have been like um, kind of like the, the scythe with a rapier, wherever it's in like a not as rare as the scythe, but you know, it's it's like on like maybe it could be like a as rare as like a, a Missouri piece or something. Like mm-hmm. a, I think it's like what the estimated rates was like seven out of twenty four for a fang, but two out of twenty four for a Missouri piece. I feel like that would have been uh, a reasonable place to put it. So it's kind of like you know, you still have like the one big hit item, like the have a scythe is like the one mega rare in TOB. You'd have a staff as a mega rare here, because maybe it'd be a little too much making, because I guess a fang is really important for progression. It's hard to move on to, like, 300 and above without the fang. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe like a 4 out of, like, 20... What is it? Out of 24? Yeah, I think the wiki estimate was out of 24, and it's currently 7, so, yeah, okay. 4 could be good, even. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you're totally right, though. Um, yeah. So, TOA also introduced invocations, and... Obviously, that has in turn made Raids 3 the most accessible raid ever. And we've seen the pros and potential cons to that. Now, I'm not going to say they're necessarily objectively cons because, you know, that just depends on the player's view of the game and where they want the game to go, I guess, in a way. Now, I will say Raids has notoriously, or I guess maybe that's not the right word, but just been known to be end game content in most games when you hear the word raid it's like okay this is end game end gear and you know like get your levels to 99 basically before entering um this one feels more like a intermediate sort of raid mainly because of the invocation system anybody can come which has been awesome it's getting a lot of people experience getting their feet wet with uh pvm in general but do you think that it's like in a good place where i don't know do you think like it's okay going forward that raids is accessible to most people or do you think it should be a little bit more on the prestigious end of like you need the best gear to participate um i will say i do like the aspect of progression where you can have less invocations and learn the raids because i guess i think of you know i think other mmos kind of do that where you have, like, you know, a raid comes out, and it's got, like, the regular difficulty, even, like, heroic, mythic, or whatever. Um, I do like you have, like, a sense of progression, but I guess maybe I, uh, it would be nice if maybe the different tiers of difficulty could have a bit more of a gap in, like, how you're being rewarded for doing it. Because at the moment, you can do, you know, regular 150 raids, and I think expert 300s are two and a half times more efficient, but that still means you can, like, you know, if you do two and a half times as you know, two and a half times as much KC, you're pretty much making as much money at that, like, by just grinding for a bit longer, you're still getting, like, insane loot potential. So, maybe, maybe make it a bit more rewarding to push to those 300s, 400s, 500s, um, to really, like, emphasize that, you know, the, having good gear and being skilled at this content is more rewarding. I mean, it's definitely a place right now where you definitely do feel rewarded pushing from 150, 200, 300, 400, 500, um, but yeah, it, it definitely does feel like it, it, you know, anyone can kind of do this. People can get into this content sooner than, you know, TOB, for example, and even, even sooner than Chambers in a way, if they're willing to do the less invocations and yeah, it definitely doesn't have that, doesn't have that end game feel too much in that regard. Like obviously once you do the 400s, it does, but yeah, I think just maybe a bit more of a gap between the lower and the higher stuff to really... Some people have said about, you know, locking certain items, like maybe the staff locked behind Expert or something, mm-hmm. which 
hard to say if I agree or disagree with that, but... Um... There's also been people that have... I've heard this from a couple people, actually. They wish that normal mode started at 200 and expert started at 400. So, like, there's, there's 600 total, obviously, and, like, yeah, yeah, entry is from 0 to 200. So, I was like, that's... I mean... That would have been absolutely insane on release, I feel like. Just yeah. Because, like, nobody was going to do a 400. But, like, nowadays, it's like, that actually would make a bit more sense. But I don't know how you feel about that. And I don't even know how I feel about it. I've just heard it. Yeah. I'm like, eh. As I hear it, it's awkward because, you know, it's hard to change, once it's already been released, to change what raid level counts for what tier. But definitely, like, doing a... 300 now is probably like doing like a 200 or 250 back on release like so much has changed mm -hmm. especially with uh, path invocations becoming much more usable because that's a lot of points you get you know 50 points from walk a path and it's barely noticeable compared to kind of how it was before it was pretty brutal some of the stuff the path stuff was doing so i, I could see that maybe updating the expert amount but yeah no it's i guess uh there's not necessarily that huge of a reward for just, you know, just it says you have expert KC instead of normal KC. I don't think there's any, like, uh, like reward gap that happens between, like, 295 to 300 at the moment. So I guess it would just be, like, it would just change at what point your expert KC goes up instead of your normal KC. So I kind of wish there was a bit more of a, I don't know, a difference. Like, you know, you, you make it to the expert threshold and you gain something extra. Whereas yeah. it's just, like, it's just your KC goes up, that's all. Yeah. Okay, here's... Maybe... No, no, yeah. Sorry. I was, just gonna, I was gonna say, I wonder if I would ever consider doing, like... Because, um, you know, going for, like, 2k capes and stuff, it'd be interesting if maybe doing, like, high-level raids, like, expert count for multiple KC to work towards the 2k cape faster, because at the moment, you're kind of incentivized just to do, you know, speedrun 300s or something instead of, like, pushing higher, because it's, it's so much faster. So if you want a 2k cape eventually, you're at such a disadvantage doing what's efficient for purples, essentially. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, that is strange as well. What is your thoughts on, like, chambers only being able to get those capes through CMs instead of normal chambers? Because, yeah, it is strange that TOB and TOA both have, like, you can just do any sort of version of it, as long as it's not entry mode and you're getting, you're working toward your 2K capes. Do you think they should flip-flop how they do chambers, or do you think it's just fine having chambers be a little bit different? Uh, I guess uh, at the time, when CMs first came out, I didn't think too much of it, but now that we have TOB and TOA that both do the kill count system how it does, I wouldn't mind if they flip-flopped. I feel like they were kind of trying to like incentivize people to do CMs, like give reasons why you would do CM over normals. Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, that's why I kind of get the vibe from, of, you know, adding dust, adding kits. Because I think when CM first came out, it was kind of like, maybe not the most popular, I don't know, because it's, you know, it's just... It's so long, and uh, but I mean, at this point, it's kind of like efficient to do. I feel like for without having to scout, I think it's efficient for your points per hour. So it's, I feel like it's got enough points behind it now that it doesn't need more justification. So I wouldn't mind if they flip flopped and made it so that Chambers was consistent, where Chambers KC and CMKC both counted. Because yeah, it's a bit strange, but you know, for TOB and TOA, it's not like that. But obviously, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who've grinded 2kcm and may complain but <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like i don't know <sighs> just for consistency's sake and for the future of raids that come out i really do think they should just change chambers to make it so that yeah you can just get 
your 2k capes through normals as well but yeah i do understand how people would be extremely upset with those that have already done the 2000 yeah <laughs> cms but yeah i don't know okay yeah I, sorry go ahead i was gonna say i've always kind of felt when it comes to that uh, mentality of like you know i did it so you have to suffer too i've kind <laughs> yeah. of always disagreed with it like you know even if i did something and it was harder I'm okay if I'm upgrading it, making it easier for other people. If like I think the way it is is a bit unfairly like difficult of a grind, or like just kind of bragging out, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like people can understand that just for consistency's sake to switch it. It's not like just making it easier to make it easier. It's just like this just feels right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, MPS Devil has a topic here. Uh, let me pull this up. So this is actually kind of going with like the TOA and uh, or here. Let me just read this real quick. So he asks, "What do you think about Jagex saying they're not likely to make another TOB in terms of being only accessible to the very most skilled players? Is the difficulty scaling in TOA right for elite players? I've seen some takes from people like Tasty Life saying otherwise. So this is again going on my point of like how you feel about it. And he also down below says." Example that it's bad at a certain point for basically only artificially increasing difficulty with higher damage, HP, etc., rather than adding new, more challenging mechanics. So I think that was more talking about like the challenge modes or like the hard modes or something. Anyway, yeah, pretty much just like the fact that Jagex is leaning on not ever having a piece of content come out like TOB again, where it's very exclusive. Um. I'm guessing a lot of that has to do if they want updates. You know, they spent a long time making a raid. They want a lot of players to to interact with the content for it to be seen as like a success for the hours put into making it. But I mean, it was definitely a very cool experience where you know TOB was you know only so many people could complete it, and like the first completions were took like days. Mm -hmm. It was definitely like a cool feeling that would be nice to experience again. But I mean, you know, in the long run, in the long run, like you look at TOB now, it's just like for a lot of people, it's kind of a pain to find a team and get into raids and stuff to doing it. So, well, I think for the, the on release experience, it was really cool. In the long run, it does kind of turn into a bit of a problem. Personally, I feel like how kind of I wonder if they would ever consider doing maybe like they release a raid that's kind of like TOB, where it's like super difficult, super elite on release, but then maybe. Um, after like a month or something of people grinding it, people doing it, you know, there's like, they give some low reason, like, and, you know, after all this grinding, the, the, they've kind of like opened up the raid more now and like people can go into like a lower difficulty version or like, you know, use invocations to go, go easier. Like, I don't know, like something where it's like, it, when it first comes out, it's difficult, you know, the first completion's like a challenge, you know, you, I feel like other MMOs have done that a lot, but, like the first completion of a raid is like a big deal or something, or like a certain difficulty, but something like that where maybe on release we get the the nice hype of like the first month is like super difficult people are rushing to get those first completions and like first high level completions and then maybe then kind of open it up because i think the thing of tob it's only really on release where it's like a really cool thing you know people watching the twitch streams so many people watching like wooks's team trying to get a completion like that was hype but then you know you have a problem where post-release tob where just it's a pain finding a team so I think doing that, like, super, super crazy restricted in the first month, and then 
release it to have like invocations or like you know a system where more it's more inclusive everyone can join i'd be okay with a system like that i think that'd be cool yeah i actually think that would have been really cool if toa came out with you ha- yeah like what you said the first month is yeah. you can only do 300 pluses potentially yeah and then it just lowers down like the next month or something down to entry mode yeah, I think that would keep the hype and uh, sort of keep the integrity. Although it would be still upsetting for players that just want to mess with it on release. And I feel like as a business yeah. move, maybe that's... I don't know. That's kind of hard to say because it builds the hype around it, of course. But yeah. you're also locking players out. So, yeah, it's there's there's a lot of factors to that. I mean, yeah. Cause, I mean, like obviously, you know, but, but the hype on like Twitch and social media of just... If it gets the same thing TOB had where people try and get the first clears has so many people watching... That could be good for them. And I guess, you know, they can let the players know, you know, give it a month and you can join too. But yeah, it's definitely people being turned away, not being able to play at their uh, levels could be an issue. So here's one thing I want to ask about Inferno. So Inferno has always sort of been known as the end game for most players. Getting their Infernal Cape is like the best achievement you can get. Now, obviously, there's more things out there. Fang Kit. Uh, other flexes uh, zuck helm of course but infernal cape has always been like the main one and it's really um a cool flex to get mainly because you can't really practice like there is no entry mode inferno it's like go in there and just get your butt kicked basically the entire time and have to reset an hour or more if you're sgs milking like most players do (laughs) but like I wonder, is it is it appropriate for more content to come out like Inferno? I know they're teasing Tassicle Trials, which is going to be Blue Inferno. I think that's going to be more wave-based and endless, potentially. I think there's going to be that Enrage system where you just can push further if you want to and risk everything. Um, I do wonder, though, because it's hard to say. Inferno is a great piece of content, but it definitely was pretty exclusive because, obviously, like only a few people got it on release and uh yeah it just continued to be sort of like a a benchmark of like okay you're good at the game now and it was something that people could push for now raids i understand somewhat like okay maybe it should be a bit more accessible but do you think it's appropriate to come out with more things like inferno where it truly is like not everyone can do this i think so like I know it is, you know, it is a content that only so many people can interact with, but I think having that content where you see, you know, you see another player wearing this item or something, and you're like, oh my god, you got that item? You are a legend. Like, it's something to, like, dream of getting. Like, it gives, like, players long-term goals, and just, um, I feel like it's just a necessary thing they need to do, like, a necessary sacrifice, even though, you know, a lot of people can't interact with the content after all those hours they spent developing it. The fact that it's in the game, it's like this niche little thing, and you know you can kind of like look up to a players that have done it and use it as like motivation to get better at the game, to be able to one day do it yourself. I, I feel like it's a really important thing. Like it's something I've really, really always loved in like games having like a super kind of difficult, um, hard to complete thing that you know maybe not everyone's gonna do because it's that difficult. I feel like it's really cool and. I feel like it definitely it adds an aspect to a game that, you know, it's just the motivation it gives our players seeing it and hoping one day we can do it. I feel like it's, it's you know if everything is just easy to get then 
you know, you get everything and you have nothing else to look forward to doing, I guess. Uh, nothing to challenge yourself other than like self, self-imposed challenge, yeah. challenges and stuff. So, yeah, combat achievements kind of felt like that. It was something extra mm-hmm. to go for, and it definitely is a flex. It's obviously harder than getting one Infernal Cape. Um, yeah. And they're also proposing new rewards, and I'm just going to ask, did you see what they're proposing for those? Yeah, I looked over those. I don't remember all of them, but I mean, they seem pretty good. I feel like they could definitely add more, especially to the GM tier, but I mean, so far, like I like the ones they propose. You know, the Barrows one seems good for Iron Man who want to save uh, prayer potions uh, while going on my grind, especially if they don't have a POH, uh, a whole POH teleport system going yet mm-hmm. for the game back for instantly. And uh, the one of the Lunar NPC contact spell was interesting. Um, obviously, we're, I'm sure we're thinking about material skipping to make material skipping more efficient. Uh, but it's also going to affect like rune crafting if you're doing lavas for fixing your pouches. But I was kind of thinking it'd be cool if they gave us um, I don't know what tier of us to go in or multiple tiers, but a reward to give like a preferred like instead of a block list, a preferred list, and you can add an NPC, a Slayer monster, to a preferred as a preferred task, and it'll double the waiting because that. Like, like the NPC contact, you know, that's going to save you like maybe a minute per hour of turtle skipping. But if you could do a double waiting, that cuts your turtle skipping in half. That's huge. Yes. Yes. And especially, that I think would be amazing. And especially for people who aren't turtle skipping, like, good luck ever getting a task you want. So, okay. okay. What about this? What about this? Okay. I'm thinking yep. because mainly for most people, they're thinking preferred tasks. They want their Zuck tasks. But those preferred tasks could be used for any tasks. Like, for me, I would love to just get double boss tasks in general. Just Oh yeah. So what if master you get one preferred unlock so you can put one in there and then with grandmaster you get two. Or I was I was thinking elite would give one but I I don't know if that's like too lenient on just going for elite just to get your double zuck task. But then again, no, actually maybe it could work where elite you get one, master you get two and grandmaster you get three. Um and you can just choose to double, you know, three different tasks that you like uh yeah what do you think about that like yeah yeah i think that could be good because also you know it's definitely a bit strategic in a sense you don't always want to have uh you know a block list you always want to max out but with a preferred list if you're only going for one thing you only turn one on so it's not even like having like two or three is even like that much more op because if you're after just one thing you would only turn it on for one monster so you're not getting extra unnecessary things mm-hmm. so it just gives you know it's but people who are going for multiple things at once here um which i think it's you know so i think it's it's a fair it's fair to give like a i think i think like, you know one for elite two for master three for grandmaster could definitely i mean it could also be potentially you know a, instead of being double it could be 50 percent at lower tiers or something who knows but yeah, yeah. I, I could see it starting around the elite tier and going to gm that could be your elite or master definitely uh one of those two would definitely be the first one, I think. Yeah, that's actually a brilliant idea, though, because I I already have thought of like just double the double the Tazar tasks, like just have that as one of the unlocks for Grandmaster or whatever. But yeah, just having a preferred list sounds really cool, and it yeah it goes beyond just Inferno Andes. So yeah, that's cool. Because I feel like I feel like currently the the GM uh, Slayer Helmet, the most of a benefit is just for Inferno Andes. You get the triple Zuck task. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. It's literally just for Inferno Andes. I mean, I guess it's a, it is a duck helmet, but still. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the other thing they were offering is 
double thrall time, mm. um, which I did here. Now, I've gotten two different forms of either complaints or just, like, praise, I guess, in a way. Like, some people think it's too OP, and then some people don't think it's OP enough, or people think it's, like, really pointless in a way. What are your thoughts on the double thrall duration? Um, I don't think it's too OP. I guess, like, you know, when you get used to having the game be a certain way, any changes can maybe feel a little OP, potentially, but... Um, you know, places would be useful. Obviously, at Ulm, but Mage Prowl doesn't always last a whole Mage Hand. I mean, unless you have a Tumakin. Uh, same for a Melee Prowl, especially if you're doing CMs. So it'd be nice not, not having to re-summon mid-kill, especially because, you know, for a Mage Hand, um, if you have to re-summon the Prowl, there's a chance that Ulm, if you splash, might be able to look and hit you. But, um, so that's one of the places where it's more than just a quality of life. It actually kind of potentially saves you taking some damage by having the Prowl last a little bit longer. And obviously, you know, big thing is for Inferno and Fight Cave speedruns, if you're like at the top level and you're using the Thrall tech. Uh, but having it last twice as long, you're saving a whole bunch of prayer points. But I do also know that, I think, especially at least for Fight Caves, there's a lot of like resummoning the Thrall. Um, obviously, you know, it burns through your prayer points and your supplies very quickly. But um, so I've definitely thought about the idea of, you know, instead of, instead of doubling how long the Thralls last, we could also cut the prayer cost in half, which could be helpful for. It yes. was kind of, it was yeah, like it was like top end sort of like uh, speedrunners or like even just whatever content you're doing where you need to resummon the frawl. So a two minute frawl timer isn't even helpful in that situation because yeah. you have to resummon it. And also uh, another problem with a two minute frawl: if you summon that frawl right before the Aka final phase, have fun of oh, two minutes of your frawl so <laughs> ruining your life. You literally have to summon a melee thrall in there, and then like you have to deal with that guy as well. But it's better than the major just yeah. going like off yeah. just on everything it's so tilting yeah there should I mean, literally be a turn off like there should be a right click on your thrall say disable just to get rid yeah. of it that should be a thing imagine if there was a tile that's like a safe spot for Akka, you could just summon a melee thrall an afk and let the melee thrall kill Akka. <laughs> if you're really desperate <laughs> true just spend like 10 true. minutes yeah <laughs> that's true. oh my goodness um okay so I think that's a brilliant idea. I think maybe making it three prayer points instead. I was also thinking now, this is just this just spawned in my mind, so you're gonna have to let me know if it's busted or not. Yeah. What if they made it so your thralls can no longer hit zeros? Is that oh. like cause I you I'm not gonna lie, the most tilting thing is when a monster is at one one HP and you just hit it to one HP and then the thrall comes in and hits yeah. a zero. Like, come yeah. on, dude. Like <laughs> Just oh, die. Like, I feel like doing these things to Thralls is already a bit arbitrary. Like, why? Like, why are we even affecting Thralls? But at the same time, that they're on, like, that j just the fact that they're in the discussion, I feel like if we're really looking for quality of life, get rid of the zeros. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's honestly not even the LP. Like, the average Thrall hit at the moment is a 1.5. Mm -hmm. If you get rid of a zero, the average Thrall hit's a two. So I guess it's like a 33% increase. But. I don't know, average going from 1.5 to 2 doesn't feel like that big of a deal. I guess for some speedruns it can make a difference, but it, yeah. it's not like a, it's not it's not huge. I don't say but obviously I guess it does feel different than just uh for more quality of life options versus like a actually like a DPS upgrade, but it, I don't think it's like a huge deal. But yeah. Yeah. It's just okay. The other thing I have a problem with is NPC contact. I'm sorry, but at elite tier, that should just be fixed entirely. Like it shouldn't even have these weird 
different durations per thing. I just uh, not even elite. I feel like just fix NPC contact in general for everybody. Yeah. Just like why is it even on a combat achievement? That's what I'm wondering. It's just so strange. It's like this is clearly an annoyance. Just get rid of it already. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if it just did that. It's it, it's strange how long the it's such a long spell they use so much. Yeah, uh. it is. I was also, you know, this kind of came up in some of my streams where we talked about how, like, it'd be nice if they also improved Spellbook Swap because it's like, um, Spellbook yes. Swap, you know, in, back in the day, it just had some niche uses, but now people are actively using it for combat. Mm -hmm. So, and with a four tick delay, it, you know, it causes a lot of issues. Like, if anyone's been watching me going for a Grossest Guardians World Record, you see how you have to really find the right timing and placement to use it with a four tick, a four -tick delay. It's pretty brutal. So, I wouldn't mind, like, either changing that or adding a combat achievement award because i mean this is literally just for combat spellbook swap yep of like it's now not so long just make it instant spell. just like click done like i feel like that would be cool you could still have the book animation or whatever but don't let it interrupt anything yeah i think that just, would be pretty cool yeah even that or even even like a one or two tick delay because it stuff like a ice team and fire surging it's like you i think you, you can't even like do it every four ticks or something so you like, I assume you basically turn into a five-tick weapon if you bring your... Like, I don't know, they literally even just reducing it to, like, a one- or two-tick stall would make such a difference for being a viable strat. Yeah. I mean, I get. I guess maybe they don't want the meta of, like, now you can just be on Lunars and <laughs> use Public Swap to cast Fire Surge every single tick. Well, I mean, Harm is dead content anyways. Might as well revive it a little. <laughs> I know. I think. What do you think they could do, by the way, with Nightmare? That's another big thing that's been on the community's mind is nightmare is currently under mm. three mil gp per hour grinding fasanis efficiently and their armor the only thing that's really good now i guess is i guess inquisitors is still barely holding on to a threat of hope and uh yeah. mace is obviously good at a, a few places <laughs> very few yeah but, yeah what do you what do you think about nightmare what could they do um well i will how many because I, I feel like back in my day i think a lot came into a game from like the the gold farmers and such uh at this point not a lot, i feel like not a lot of people are doing nightmare anymore um obviously if they get more of a use to inquisitor and mace that will help but i think i think it's kind of inevitable they do need to really get those um g taxes just to remove a lot like if, if, it, if it truly is like no no more gold farmers and just uh, doing nightmare that much and just you know people themselves aren't doing nightmare much there shouldn't be too much more coming to the game. I feel like there's, just, there's too much supply of nightmare items for how little use we have. So a combination of, you know, GE tax to maybe cut out some of a remove some of those from a game, and I don't know it, it needs to have some sort of a use. Like maybe Inquisitor armor could remove the negative stats because it's like no other melee armor gives like these negative stats, but kind of like put it in a bad spot. But even then, I guess Inquisitor would probably still only be useful in the places it's already useful. So I guess I wouldn't really change it that much as I think about it. But, I, I mean... Oh, yeah. sorry. No, I was, I was just going to say, I asked Lake about this, and I've asked Rostman, so I'm going to ask you, what do you think about full Inquisitors giving the ability to guarantee a Dragon Warhammer spec? Ooh. Must be, Honestly, must be full Inquisitors. Now, I was already thinking, because this is I feel like this is all like going to be a question from people, is like, what about Slayer Helm and the rest is... Uh, 
full Inquisitors. I was thinking, what if, like, you know how uh, shamans have their Shazian armor helmet attached to the Slayer helmet, so you still get the effect of it? I was thinking, yeah. there could be a way to sort of combine an Inquisitor's Great Helm with the Slayer helmet. Not give it any extra stats, but just treat it as part of the Inquisitor's set, so you can guarantee your hammer's on task as well. But yeah, what are yeah. your thoughts on that? Honestly, that... I wouldn't mind. Like, that... You know, the biggest use for Inquisitor at the moment is literally just to have hammers land. Yeah. That's, like, the main reason you use <laughs> yeah, it. Literally. Because you don't really use the mace anywhere anymore. Yeah. Uh, how good the fang is. So, honestly, that could be big. If they did that, that could bring it back to, like, either guarantee it or at least, like, double or triple the chance of it hitting or something. I just feel like guaranteed. Not, not necessarily a guaranteed number splat. I feel like you could still miss... Or, like, still roll a miss, but it would still give the effect of the damage. Or, sorry, like, the defense reduction. Yeah. Like, I think like that it, would be fair. Just hit a zero, but you know because you specced with it, it did the defense reduction regardless. Like, maybe have the effect that it uh, gives you a minimum hit of one on any special attack. I don't know. But, yeah, to just make it... If a hammer just, like, guarantees hits a one or... Yeah, or, that would be fair as well. Yeah. And then it gets the effect. Yeah, honestly... That'd be, I, I do wonder if it would be considered bro- well I don't even think I mean, it's broken genuinely I think it's just pure quality of life and it gives yeah. the Inquisitor set like a true use like oh and I think because you know how um well at least this I guess it affects everyone but mostly Iron Man when you go into Corp and you're trying to hammer him down and it takes like <laughs> eight different yeah. times teleporting back in like that is just not good gameplay I'm sorry yeah like as I think about it, the two places is probably the most you know powerful in would be Tecton and Corp, and yeah. I feel like neither of those are fun being a reset fest. Nobody likes that. Exactly. So honestly, it it's actually not that bad. That's definitely yeah something like like either a guaranteed hit or like a multiplied chance of hitting. I honestly I'm, I'm for that. That actually I think would help a lot because that makes a huge difference. That suddenly bringing your full inquisitor to certain places just becomes like a, a huge huge deal to do yep to get that and that could be not only does it increase the price naturally of full inquisitors it'll also increase the price of the dragon warhammer because i feel like a lot of people are kind of switching over to the bgs where you need to do defense reduction because people just oh yeah i don't know the hammer is just not as good but now that you have the combination of full inquisitors and a hammer guaranteeing at anywhere the defense reduction that would be poggers like that'd be interesting for like toa because then you can have one person bring a full inquisitor set for a guaranteed hammer spec at each boss yep. and no one else brings it that'd be interesting yeah honestly i'm for this idea i never heard of a suggestion before but that's actually a really good idea yeah i think that alone could kind of like put inquisitors back on the table of like okay i want to grind this out because there's a lot of people and again it kind of goes with iron man of iron man skipping uh nightmare entirely because it's literally useless yeah like for the most part so this would give a little bit back yeah honestly that that's like i I can't believe i've never heard this idea before that's i feel like that'd be so good yeah yeah i'm thinking like that just, that's just got to be in the game at this point so do yeah. you have any other suggestions for combat achievement rewards do, uh I, I will just bring up the one that i was thinking which is yeah. gommel's hilt adding an additional teleport which would teleport you to the dk's layer because for some reason we're still almost a decade <laughs> later still running through that cave which is fine i guess but i don't yeah. know i just feel like dk's is such like 
it's so it's such like old content like why not yeah. just like grandmaster give us unlimited tellies i think it was elite i i have posted this on twitter too i don't know if you saw but one telly for elite three for master and unlimited for grandmaster yeah i mean i wouldn't mind it it's there's some nostalgia of going through the caves like we did when we were younger but honestly it's such old content so it, <laughs> i don't it's so outdated at this point yeah i wouldn't mind it just being a little bit easier to get there and the main thing, okay, so I've heard a few things, like, people are like, well, now it's just going to become a, P- or, uh, like, a POH, Ornit Pool meta, you know, you're just going to go and teleport back and forth. But, like, you're already being limited by the, the um, spawn times, like, they spawn so slowly, and I feel like you can already stay there indefinitely anyway, so yeah, the POH method, I mean, even though people, yeah, sure, you can use it, it's, like, not even that big of a deal. It's just like, yeah, like, okay, go back and restore your spec to go spec on Prime, I guess. Yeah. Or, like, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess like it's, it's just better. nice for, I guess, uh, I guess for, like, it'd be nice for keeping your spot. If you want to, instead of, you know, if, when you go bank, you come back, your spot's gone, you have to hop, like, 20 times. Because some people are doing the con, like, you know, some people, like, mid-level players are doing it. I don't know if it's still like that. I know back in the day, it was kind of hard to find a free world. I guess not anymore. Because you have, like, the, you have the, the normal one, the Slayer-only one. Yeah, so I, I guess now it's not as big of a deal. Do you have any ideas for other rewards? Like, have you been thinking of things that you would like to see come from combat achievements? I had a few ideas on stream. I'm trying to remember. But like, you know, there's like the obvious one of like more magic cape swaps, but obviously if they made spellbook swap more convenient, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. But I feel like being limited to five swaps per day is kind of a pain for, you know, when you're at the end game and you're going for certain sort of speed runs where the uh, magic capes bubble swap is very important it's a shame to be kind of like time locked to get you know five attempts a day at this speed run and you gotta wait till tomorrow to try again so i think that'd be nice so like what if um what if like master gave 10 teleport swaps and like grandmaster gave like 25 or something yeah i thought that'd be good or just unlimited I... at that point because why not like is there is it busted yeah. to have unlimited like genuinely like i feel like that's fine I... I know people have concerns over PvP, but I feel like they could maybe make it so that PvP you only ever have five swaps and have it just be separate from PvM. And I feel like that would solve the issue. Like if you're in a PvP world or in the wilderness, just have a swap count True. towards the PvP count and you're good. True. They could um, just do that. But yeah, I think that's the only place that's really broken. So and then gr- that solves it. Yeah, Grandmaster could just have unlimited. Dude, honestly, if it was just unlimited, I feel like most things that have daily caps are just an- annoyances. Yeah, just like come on. Yeah, nobody wants the daily scape. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah, but... any other oh, things? Sorry. Uh yeah, this is one a lot of people. This not even my idea. Just, I see people say this in chat all the time, but to make it so, um, the book of the dead be either don't need it for frolls or be able to like put it in your room pouch or something. Uh, yeah, I've seen those two suggested. <laughs> Just, like, morph it into your rune pouch. Just morph, morph the power into it, you know? Yeah. That'd be dope. So, that could be nice. Um, I had some other suggestions. Ooh, I ooh, from stream, ooh, but I ooh. can't remember them right now. Sorry, I have to, I have to yep. include this. Yeah. I know this wouldn't help with Inferno, but mm. you know how they're going to be combining the Avernic with Gommel's Hilt? Oh, yeah? Um, What if you could just... What if um, at Elite or whatever tier you want, the Book of the Dead also just becomes, like, that effect Ooh. comes into the hilt? Because you're going to bring your Avernic at most places anyway where you're using Thralls, True. I think, except for 
Inferno. I don't think you even bring an Avernic there. Um, no, not there. Yeah, you bring Scythe. But, yeah, I, I guess that's, I don't know, that would upset a few people that are Inferno Andes. But, like, <laughs> other than that, at least it would thematically fit that the, the hilt is the thing that's acting as the Book of the Dead. But then again, it could come sense. from the Rune Pouch, I guess. True. Yeah, I guess. Either way, we'll be nice to... I feel like, you know, we're getting to these metas with, like, we're bringing so many different runes, so many different switches. It's getting a very crazy for, like, uh, inventory space, so... Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like the ideas. Um, is it... So, I know the original premise of Combat Achievement Rewards was to not give much. It's mainly just a flex. Do you think it's cool that... I I mean, I personally think Jagex is making all this because they realize, oh, we worked so long on Combat Achievements and now the player base is kind of ignoring it entirely, or at least some people aren't really doing it. So, I feel like they're kind of changing that and being like, okay, we actually do want to give some rewards. Is it appropriate? Or um, Because I definitely have heard the counter-argument saying combat achievement should still not give anything i personally feel like it's appropriate i feel like originally they did have uh more rewards proposed but then you know when, it, when we pulled the combat achievements people didn't want them um but i feel like it's like the same as the thing we said earlier with like having content that you know like the inferno and you know making content like that where even if not everyone can do the content at the moment, it's it gives you something to look forward to, like a reachable goal, and it gives you good rewards. Like you see somebody that has that, you, you look up to it. You know, you progress your account by doing stuff not everyone else can do. Like, cause you know, if you could just having all the useful stuff just be like, oh, just you know, grind GP, you can buy your rewards, and then you're good to go. Is I don't know. It's nice to have stuff you have to earn by doing like a skillful challenge, and then now you have this benefit to your account doing that like you know like getting the barrel gloves getting the inferno cape etc yeah but I, I i feel like it's uh it's fair to add more rewards to it make it more like um you're getting something out of this not just like a fancy helmet the fancy helmet's nice yeah. so i like it i really hope the hilt looks like the uh current gommel's hilt six with the avernic so it's like a golden sort of avernic we'll see what it looks like i'm yeah. pretty sure it'll look really badass though Excited. Yeah, I'm sure. They usually get the the graphics pretty good, and if they don't, uh, people complain. We make, yeah, we make it known. <laughs> yeah. Zout asks if you could suggest one piece of content all new players should aim to interact with. What would it be? Huh. that's an interesting question. Let me think. All new players, like like just enter the game like level ten or something. I I don't even know. You, I guess you can uh, decide that for yourself. I, I mean, I guess... I guess let's aim it towards, like, players in general. Just okay. Just not necessarily new players, just players of, of all types. Um. I mean, I would say Inferno, but... Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess... The, yeah, that's, like, the common answer. I guess if we're okay with, like, you know, more mid- to high-level players, then, you know, you, you have more than just, like, a Maple Shortbow... Uh, yeah, definitely give Inferno a try. Like it, it seems difficult, but the sense of progression you get as you improve, make it further. Obviously, it's. I know when you know, first begin, it's a bit of a toll mentally to the challenge. But I think a lot of people overestimate how difficult the Inferno is. Like they make it seem like this impossible thing, but if you go for it, you can be surprised how far you get. And then 
it feels so good when you get it. So I definitely, that's definitely one I would say for sure. Just, you know, give it a go at least. And just like, you know, combat achievements in general as well. It's, I feel like it's so fun to, you know, getting all those achievements done. And, you know, you have your, your own tiers you can work towards. Yes. Definitely a lot of progression you can do. So yeah. I would say those two things. I would say for me, um, yeah, combat achievements, totally a good piece. I think uh, when it first came out, my original plan was to just go for elite. And then it's like mm-hmm. that urge started kicking in to just be like, all right, I got to get, I got to go get grandmaster. But yeah. Yeah. Of people pretty much of all uh, experience in this game should, should definitely try out combat achievements. Go like work toward like hard potentially, like make that like your first goal, like complete the easies, but like see your goal as like completing hards. Cause I feel like most people could get that as long as you're like mid game or higher. Yeah, and then uh, just of course like see that vision of eventually getting Grandmaster. Because as long as you see it, like I don't know, as long as you put it into your like goals, you'll go for it, or you'll just have that sort of urge later on when it is time to go for it to go for it. Because if you put it out of your mind, like I'll never go for that. That's too hard. It's just like limiting. I don't know. Yeah, like I, I think people can really be surprised at what they can accomplish because. I mean, you know, even for me, whenever I go for, like, a very difficult challenge, like, you know, when I first, cop- uh, like, you know, when Wooks did a zero prayer six jazz, I tried to, you know, copy the method and do it myself. And, you know, we- I first start out, it just feels impossible. It's so difficult. I'm, like, you know, making progress, getting, like, one tick further into the method before dying each time. Because um, it was, like, basically, like, what? It was, like, a, a fifth, like, you know, a- the first 30 seconds is all take perfect actions to step up. Uh, set it all up into um where so just for anyone who hasn't seen it but six jads zero prayers like you know you have six jads on you at the same time and you have to basically run under them and do special tickets to get them all attacking at the same time and then you can kill them no prayer no overheads by just eating every time they hit, hit you and you know to me it felt impossible to begin with and the progress was so slow you just so many attempts just to get one second further into a method and <laughs> But I just, you know, if I keep going, I'll improve, I'll get it. And then after a couple of days, you know, a few days, I finally beat it. And that's how it is for me always with challenges. And I think it's the same for, you know, people trying to progress, you know, you know, mid-tier players trying to just progress, get better and better. Stuff will seem impossible, but if you just go for it, it starts to feel more doable. Yep. That was the same thing with 500 TOAs. That's, I mean, that's literally <laughs> been the same thing with every piece of content I've almost ever interacted with that's challenging. Inferno felt the same. I'll never get this. You put yourself in there, you get it. Zuck Helm, I thought this is impossible, and I got it. 500 TOA felt impossible. You just start, go- but you have to just take that leap and just go into it and fail a bunch. Like, you just have to. It's yeah. the process. But yeah. Words of wisdom. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I want to. Okay, so this topic by Karma, he's asking, will you ever go for solo CM world record? And along that, I also want to extend the question and just kind of talk about your world records in general. How many world records do you hold currently on just bosses in general? Uh, at the moment, I have the Zoro world record, which I've held for, you know, I held it for like a year and I just beat it, you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Beat my own time, because why not? <laughs> And then uh, I just got the Grossest Guardians world record a few days ago, and I'm still going for sub one because I'm once again beating my own record because I'm not happy with the time. 
And I think those are only two. I mean, you also have the the league's freest boy record, which is unbeatable because the league's free is over. But <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was also the fastest possible time you could do. Uh, I've been meaning to release a video on it because it was a really cool method, and it did some cool tech to like the, the, the last tick I saved over Scotty's time. It involved basically pid manipulation. Um, so yeah, you gotta make a. I, I plan making a video on that at some point. <laughs> it's like a, a year after leagues, and here I am making a video on leagues. What am I doing? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, those are my ones I have at the moment. I think I think I've lost all the others that got me in. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I just gotta say, guys, if you're listening to this, go click on Mulgo Kirby's YouTube channel down in the description because a lot of his videos are very good guides on how to complete certain Grandmaster times. For example, like your Vorkath setup to get that oh, yeah. sub, what is it, like 54? 54. Yeah. That was just such a big help because i had no idea what i was doing i was just praying for rubies initially and then i was yeah. like there's got to be a better way to do this and i looked up your guidance like okay like it's this is all calculated now you just follow the steps and it's there so yeah yep. if you guys want some great resources on how to get those times i would strongly encourage you to check out his channel i gotta say your zora that first um time you beat the or you got the zora world record that was like the greatest clip i've ever seen oh. ever it was so good like it's just like yeah. pure just happiness and surprise that it all worked out like that <laughs> like I, I you know i was going for a 30 second flat time and just out of nowhere i skip a tebow hit like i didn't even <laughs> consider this a possibility i, I killed a tebow hit early and i'm like what just happened <laughs> how is it already dead i'm I, so confused i need to ask about zora this is something i've been proposing a lot of people uh agree with it but since you're the world record holder i need to cross it by you do you think it's appropriate to lift the damage cap at zora right now whenever you hit above a 50 it rolls a certain thing that makes it like a 47 48 49 or 50 i believe i don't know exactly yeah. how it works do you think that should just be lifted uh i guess it's tough to say i'm trying to think you know obviously at the moment it's kind of interesting that blowpipe does kind of compete with the tebow and there's kind of like a history of like the weapon you get from a boss being good at the boss so it's kind of interesting that a bullpup can still kind of compete with Tebow at the boss, but I guess if you lifted it, I guess Tebow would just be a meta for each phase. I don't know. Hmm. And Shadow. Well, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's actually a tough... Because, like, uh, Tebow, I think, still maxes, like, probably, like, 20 hits over a Shadow and Zora. Does it so really? Know? Dear God. Well, Does it hit... I, I, seven? It's, like, high 70s, right? Wait, let me think. Tebow... I think it maxes. Wait, what is Zora's major level? Let me look. I think it's over 250, right? Or is it? Let me see. It's yeah, it's 300. So if you were on, okay, well, I know it is on task. So I guess for optics, I'll just subtract 15. percent But no, on task, I'm pretty sure Tebow maxes an 88. Dear God. <laughs> okay. So Dude. off task, yeah. But like, th yeah, yeah. So yeah, what what is off task? Like 78. Or like way yeah, it's like 77, I think. Or something. Okay. I could double-check on DBS calc, but it's going to be around 77. Okay, so uh, obviously this would totally make Zora a lot quicker and Tebow and Shadow, of course, if you're just like doing casual Zora. Because um, I don't – I mean, obviously for world record, you'd be doing Tebow and you're just praying for those big hits. But I think for consistency's yeah. sake, off task, you'd still be using Shadow to hit the, at least the um, yeah. green and red phase. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> did, 
I don't know. Do you think that's fine? Because, like, uh, in my opinion, I'm thinking, like, okay, Zora, yeah, we already have gear that can make it. So, just camping it's, like, 42 kills an hour, which is quite good. That's obviously max gear, max strats going really quickly. And this damage cap would probably speed that up to, like, 48 kills an hour, probably m m potentially higher. And yeah. PBs will just be out of control. But I still feel like it would be just more fun. And I hate damage caps. I think they're extremely arbitrary. Um, one thing they... I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they really could just lift the cap without doing anything else. But I have thought of the suggestion of maybe increasing Zora's HP a little bit, but I don't want to affect, like, people that are beginning Zora, because obviously they're not going to reap yeah. the benefits of a T-Bow and stuff. But I just, I don't know, I think it's fair to just have super powerful weapons that just absolutely dominate at this point in the game, and it's Zora, which is, like, seven years old. Seven and a half years old. Yeah. I guess it's a tough one. I'm trying to think. When did they initially give the 50 damage cap to Zoro? Did it always have that? When, does that? when was that put into the game? Was that, that was, when they made the Tebow? It must have been like right after Tebow came out. Okay. Because I guess before then, at least the Rubies must have been able to hit above it. Ooh, ooh. I, I got to say this as well. One thing they also could do instead of increasing uh, Zora's HP is just lowering its mage level a little bit to like 2... 20 or something so then Tebow's not as good but I don't know like I don't want to be messing around too much with Zora I just hate damage caps yeah uh, it's I mean I guess it's like I guess if you remove a, uh, it is already kind of at a point where you just kind of like you melt Zora so badly that once you have max gear you kind of don't even need to know the phases anymore <laughs> you kind of, really don't you already melted so fast yeah. so I guess the removal damage cap kind of pushes even more to the point of, like, you pretty much never see any of his phases. <laughs> uh, That's what I want, to be honest. Like, just, <laughs> just do it at this point. I don't know. Uh, it would... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I guess... Wait, let me think about this. If you were to hit 88s... Yeah. Like, and you hit 588s... Or wait, no, you only have four Tebos and two blowpipes, right? Yeah, you can do like, you can do like a, a Sang into four Tebos or two blowpipes into... So we're I looking at like do... 350... We're looking at like 400 damage by the first yeah. phase, potentially. <laughs> yeah, very, very rare RNG to, to get, but still. Even uh, do a double knife spec into like um, 120 damage plus 88 times four. Let me see how much damage is this. Is it possible to do it in one phase? Not at the moment, even with like max RNG, but let me see. Oh, that'd be 470. I guess now. Uh, even if you did double knife spec into four Tebos, it'd be 476 damage. Okay, so what you would have to do, I feel like. I feel like the next hit would have to be a Sea Halley or something, like when the, when the phase switches, like just to get it down a tick earlier or something, you know? Oh, it. it see Halley, it doesn't work on Zora. What? Oh yeah, because <laughs> oh yeah, that I I remember because see uh, Halley's the only thing that can reach it, but it still like won't let you hit with it. Yeah, it's true. They, so for weird. some reason, if it didn't want it, even though it's like it wouldn't even be that good, but it'll have a potential. Yeah, shit. Kind of a random choice, but yeah. Yeah. So what? I guess you'd have to do like the thrall tech, where like your hit and the thrall like hits at once and just insta kills it the next phase yeah basically I, whatever you do because also the problem is your last hit 
won't land until Zoroko's oh, damage yeah, goes back you're up. Right, you're right. You're right. So because I've looked at this before to see like if it's theoretically possible, and yeah, it gets into that situation where you can only kill it after it comes back up, anyways. That's true. That's a good point. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, those odds of getting that would just be absolutely insane. But I feel like going for the world record at that point would just be really fun. Like it'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah. No way. Yeah, it'd be. I can see record. Well, um, and resetting from a Tebow, it would be a pain because I think Tebow's seventy-five percent accuracy. But like, obviously, you, know, you saw my my record run. I, I just I hit like a fifty Tebow back to back to back to back at the yep. start, yep. <laughs> which was insane. How fast would it be? Do you think? Just thinking about if they lifted the damage cap and did nothing else, what would be the fastest time? Because, like, how? F- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How many fewer ticks is it to just get the kill immediately after it switches phases and just the next attack, I guess? Um, like, do you, is that a sub? That is a sub 20, but I don't know, like... I feel like Is I calculated this once. I, I feel like the time was like a... I could have sworn it was either like a 21-something or an 18-something. I'm trying to remember. I, I've, I've done the map on this before. Okay. I mean, I guess I could, I could literally look at... Wait, on my record, I did four... Was it four next spec, four blowpipe into Tebow? I'm trying to remember what my own record did. I can reverse engineer the map on this to see. I think yeah, that's what it was. Is that? Yeah, l- l- let me double check. That's what I did. Uh, we did watching back my own video. Let's <laughs> see, um, we did we we're knife specking one, two, three, four, then one, two, three. Okay, so yeah, four. So four knife spec, four bullet pits into a Tebow. Obviously, the Tebow's the last hit, so we don't even need to. So you would literally five. just delete sixteen ticks, right? Yeah, delete sixteen ticks and just start with a Tebow hit. Um, which would put it at wait sixteen ticks <laughs> my brain. Uh, that is nine point six seconds. So uh, eighteen seconds, I think. Jesus. So yeah, you could you could have a uh, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Like I don't know, I just think it's totally fair. Just get rid of the caps, make Zora a little bit more GP per hour, make it just I don't know. Do you agree with that, or are you just like kind of up in the air? Uh, I don't know. I just hate damage caps, and they've already gotten rid of it from so many places. Like Corp used to be one; they got rid of that. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, if they did get rid of it, 
I guess the main thing is Bazola World Record becomes a lot more simple, <laughs> a lot less uh, optimized stuff. That's but true. In, That's true. But uh, obviously, you know, I can't be too biased as the world record holder. But I mean, if I did it, I couldn't complain too much. It'd be, I don't know. I, I guess depends if they want us to just really skip Bazola phases even more than we already do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, let's see this. Alastair asks, favorite OSRS content and least favorite? Favorite content and least favorite? Um, least favorite, probably gonna be, like, runecrafting or mining or something. <laughs> That's gonna take me a while to get. That's my, my brick wall 99 right now. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I just I just discovered uh, Mulgo Kirby is not maxed, which is surprising. It just feels like everyone nowadays maxed. Imagine not being maxed in 2022. Wait, have you ever maxed ever? Like on? on oh no. Okay. Ooh. I mean, I, I maxed when I logged into Rasta's alt account. That was pretty good. <laughs> That's uh, you know, I, I played on maxed account. Uh, yeah, you got to get that max gate, man. The thing's busted. Yeah, I'm planning to try to get it done uh, by next year. Like you know, some because I really need the the benefit of a cape is so big. I really gotta get that. Yep. What's your favorite content? Uh, favorite content, like, like uh, I'm guessing like a specific piece, not just like oh PVM. Yeah. Um, I would say it's a tough shout. Like, you know, obviously you know, I've had a lot of fun going for niche records like Zora and Grosses Guardians. Um, but overall, I mean, TOA was a lot of fun. That's definitely a top contender. Like, very well designed raid, lots of fun to do, pushing the higher scale raids, making the the guys on it. I had a lot of fun with TOA, and just in general, like, a lot of fun boss fights there. Um, and getting a purple at TOA, it just hits different than other purples. It's it's so satisfying. Yeah, it's pretty good. Seeing that purple yeah. just... Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to say it's either TOA or... It's probably, like, pretty much one of the free raids. I mean, okay, I do like Inferno a lot, too, but... It's a bit more, you know, Inferno, you, you well, I'd say you do it once and you're done, but I've done it like 50 times at this point. Um, yeah, it, it's a bit more stressful, Inferno, that's the thing. It's a bit more stressful, whereas uh, it's a bit more just enjoyable doing this in like TOA, so. Uh, it'd be between TOA or Chambers, I think, for me. I mean, TOB is close as well, but, you know, Chambers was a Kirby skip, all the theory crafting. It even helps with, like, you know, coming up with World Scythe, even though it's kind of like a niche uh, strat, and. And there's just something like, you know, doing 4 to 1 ohm and like all the fancy ohm stuff. And I still have to learn the Tumican stuff. I haven't done any CMs yet uh, with uh, the staff yet. Mm. But it's, a, it's a, to a close call, I think, between TOA and COX for me. Okay. Very close call. What are your thoughts on Hallowed Sepulchre? I want to bring this up mainly mm. because I feel like almost every guest I ever have on the cast just has just has barely any experience with it. I know you did have world record at one point. Yeah, or I, I thought I did. It turned out they reset the boards at some point, so I was actually off by a couple ticks. Okay. That was unfortunate. Yeah, but, what are your um, thoughts on Hallowed Sepulchre in general? I mean, I like it a lot. Like, I know it's not for everybody, but personally, like, it turned agility into a skill I like because it's, like, for me, the big problem with rooftops, I do like um, AFK skills, and I, I like high-effort rewarding skills. But rooftops are not AFK for low effort. Low effort, low reward. Versus AFK, like if you have to click every few seconds, it's not AFK. You can't yep. go away from your keyboard for more than like two seconds. 
So that's why for me, like, you know, um, even though, like, if you look at rune crafting, I'll probably end up doing soul runes, even though soul runes versus um, uh, lava runes is kind of similar to, to, like, you know, the XP gap you get, they doing rooftops versus sepulcher, but doing sepulcher is actually, like, it's high effort, high reward compared to low effort, but not AFK. Whereas, you know, rune crafting, soul runes are actually AFK, so, you know, I, I enjoy soul runes because I can actually do something else. Um, but anyways, back to sepulcher. Um, I, I like it a lot. Like, it's it's also, you know, it's pretty good practice for getting better at clicking and uh, your movement in-game. Like, it's for someone trying to become a better PVMer, it's definitely good to do some do some sepulcher. Um, very good practice for, like, um, timing your movement and precise pathing and all that and reacting to stuff. Um, obviously, there's that one... Um, I don't know if they patched it yet. There's that one bug going around in Sepulchre, but we'll hopefully they fix that at some point. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, um, yeah. I think they already patched it. The one where you just okay, are immortal. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like, I think it's a, a lot of fun. Like, I know a lot of people say they don't like it because it's, you know, I think if you're a person who enjoys trying to be kind of tick perfect and, like, improve and get really good stuff, um, and you can get, you know, up to, like, 100k XP per hour when you get really good, like, it feels very rewarding. I have a chance of a rig of endurance, like you can actually make money doing it. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I like that, like it, it's scaling that is difficult in the tier of like raids in terms of like the movement, the movement you're doing, like the difficulty is the sort of difficulty you expect to see in like a raid. So I really like it's scaling, but like with PVM level difficulty. So I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I want to see. So, well, okay, I don't really necessarily want to see a hard mode sepulcher. I just want to see another movement-based activity. And it doesn't even have to be um, for XP. Like, I don't want it to necessarily outclass sepulcher in every way. But I, it would be cool to kind of have, I don't know, some sort of sepulcher 2.0 that is not even themed in, you know, Ceridomen or whatever, but just a completely different movement mini game. It would have lower XP per hour, probably even half. Like I'd be okay with that, but higher reward and some flex items. But I want it to be like dramatically more difficult than Sepulchre, someplace that's like just insane. But w the thing I really want is I want it to be fully static, other than like certain flames and arrows and things like that. Like. Things that can be somewhat randomized is fair, but what I want is a when you enter it, it's always the same. Nobody can affect your run, so it'll be like fully instanced, and it would just be one full run. And what I really want to see, I've brought this up before, is like I don't know if you've ever played Temple Run, have you? Like, uh, is that that old like kind of mobile game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I may have like you're running and trying to like not fall or something. Yeah. It like Temple Run and I don't know if you played Geometry Dash. That's the little square guy that you like touch and it goes with the music. It's a, it's a similar thing. Like I've seen game. videos of people play it, but I've never played it. Yeah. So I want to see something like that where you're instantly reset to the beginning. And I mean like instantaneously. Like when you mess up, you're boom, back to the beginning, running. Like go again. So something that Ooh. feels very fluid, so you're just making mistakes, you keep going back. That's the that's where the addiction sets in for most games. Because I've played a lot of Temple Run, and I've played a lot of Geometry Dash. And, like, dude, you could sit there and literally just be hard locked in for, like, six hours. And be having just having the time of your life. Because it's so incredibly addictive and on top of that you're just there's no like retry or you do you want to retry or like you know you have to like go reclaim your shit no it's just instantly go back in but 
I would love to see just one permanent course that's like five minutes or something. And anytime you ever make a mistake, you're sent back to the very beginning. Oh. So it would just be like this super intense, super prestigious thing. Like, have you completed this? Like, this is just absolutely nuts. Uh, anyway, I want to see something like that. That's just like high reward, low XP. Just something yeah. people can go to. And I don't know. That'd be kind of fun. Because I love that movement. I love movement in this game. And Sepulchre really showed me a different side of like how engaging things can be yeah yeah that'd be really interesting and i guess you could even if you, if you don't complete it you still get xp so it's just like you know but obviously if you do complete it you get rewarded more yeah that that could be really interesting yeah. i also wouldn't mind if they added more like movement based sort of sepulcher challenges to upper skills maybe like with mini games and such so i feel like movements like the you know the tick system the movement in runescape is very iconic so taking advantage of it as and like really putting it into as a challenge into more areas of the game i think would be good mm-hmm. yeah like i was thinking uh, well because we have gatherers and then we have viables like those are generally what they're called but then we have agility and i would argue thieving is one of those those are like the two that aren't considered viables or gathering they're just like on their own and thieving yeah. definitely could have a lot of movement like oh yeah thieving should definitely have like some sort of mini game that's way more engaging thieving sucks dude i'm sorry yeah. like every every yeah. everything that has to do with thieving just absolutely blows i guess the uh what the piscarillus um thieving mini game that's kind of like movement of thieving yeah but it's like way. the most like yeah ha- to be fair i haven't really done much so i can't talk too much but i have done it a little bit and i was just getting absolutely frustrated with it i was like this yeah. is so stupid did you do like the, the Wooks method where like they set up the NPCs to get stuck or no? I don't think so. I think I was just going in like blind and I'm like, this is the worst. I know obviously there would be tons of ways to uh make it more efficient, but Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like it could use some more I guess a Rogue's Den's kind of like a Jilly Thieving combination, but I don't think you get a lot of XP doing that. Dude, Rogue's Den has so much potential. That's what I really want to see is like a Rogue's Den 2.0 that's like optimized. It's not as Honestly, Rogues Ed has a lot of cool things to it, but it is it's just a place where you'll never go back once you get your Rogues outfit. Yeah. So. Okay. Champions Cape asks, Uh-oh. how do you remain with your focus on stream, high-level PVM, with all that crazy noise in the background? I feel like I just kind of embrace the chaos. <laughs> I've kind of always, I don't know, like watching other people, if uh, they have like some crazy distracting sounds going off to troll them, like I've just kind of found it funny. So I feel like my inner self just embraces the chaos, and I just somehow manage to focus with all the crazy sound redemptions going off. Careful, SpongeBob. <laughs> Careful, SpongeBob. Careful, I can, SpongeBob. I, can, I cannot make his voice, but yeah, that, that is literally the greatest sound ever especially on wardens <laughs> it is <laughs> what is what is the youtube video of it is it the one where you're just doing the 500 for the first time with low gear or no i think it was the one with you doing it with like lesser gear or something yeah i think it was less because like when i did the 500 of low gear i uh, well okay i was doing it on <laughs> sunday where servers were bad so i actually died a couple times to warden because i had like insanely noodle dps like over two minutes trying to kill the, the final lightning phase and the servers are so laggy, so it's not registering my clicks. And I have so much careful SpongeBob spam, I couldn't <laughs> react to the sound effect for Baba doing the boulder. So it was like, I had to make it quiet to get the 500 budget clear done. Dear God. I reached my limit. 
but uh, yeah, it was like I think it was one of those uh, those uh, budget three hundreds or something when I had it. Yeah, <laughs> so awesome. one of those. Oh, my God. oh, it might be the first five hundred. I don't remember. It was something. Yeah, if you do things for long enough though on stream, the chat and like focusing on other things, sort of multitasking, just becomes pretty natural. At least that's what happened to me with Nightmare. Like, yeah, just one tick flicking normal nightmare was like pretty hard. I could never look at chat and then give it a couple weeks, and I was like literally camping. My like my eyes were camping chat. I wasn't even looking at my game hardly, and it just felt yeah. Natural. Same happens just you know just for, for me with TOA. Like first week, barely you know really hard to keep up with chat. Definitely over time though, got more better of like paying less and less attention and trying to actually keep up with chat more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see. Colby Rocket League asks, I've heard you mention simulating bosses a lot when going for world records. I'd love to hear how you build those tool your tools for simulating fights, and if you ever plan on releasing anything like that publicly, open source for the community. Love the streams. Uh yeah, so I mean I basically just code it up in like C because I'm just I'm used to using that from back when I went to uh, school back in the day. And um, I actually do have some of my old sims up on my public GitHub, if people want to kind of have a general idea of what I do. Um, so I basically have like a, a I basically, you know, I'm just a, because how a game works, it calculates an accuracy roll and a defense roll for, you know, an enemy or a player or whatever. And whoever gets a higher roll, you know, gets to, uh, if you if an attacker gets a higher roll, you get to roll a, a damage hit from zero to a max hit. Um, there was like special attacks, other stuff, but I just kind of coded that all up to simulate that. And then when I do like a, a boss, like you know, um, some are definitely more complicated than others to simulate. Like if you look at Zora, I'm just doing a set number of hits, so it's very simple. You know, just like have my character attack the boss, who you know I, I put like the HP and the defense values and all the stuff on the boss, and calculates max defense roll and all that. Um, I just you know be like you know hit it with the Tumikin four times, then do these hits, you know try to do avenge by having the boss hit me and see if that hits me. Um, I just do all that, but it's just a set number of hits. I'm good to go, and if it, the boss is zero HP, that's plus one for success, and I just do that a million times, and we'll see what the odds are of getting world record, but for something like the grossest Guardians we're doing now, it's a lot more complicated, because it's like this uh, speedrun record at the moment, there's so many different points in a boss fight where you have to make decisions and your method kind of changes because it's like um, I have a certain basically for the for Dusk I will always do Scythe Claw Chally and then for Dusk P2 either double Scythe Chally or single Scythe Chally if I'm not do have enough ticks left and then for Dawn it's like I have to make decisions of like you know how many blow hits am I going to do am I going to uh, Ballista early or Ballista on this hit uh, how much HP does Dawn have how many ticks am I at like there's a lot of decisions I have to make so I have to in my sim code all that to be like okay based on how much how many times I've hit Don throughout the course of a fight how much HP Don has left you know what's our tick counter like you know, dig if it overkill on dusk like all these different things determine like when do I ballista uh, and so it's just tracking all these different things so it's more complicated for something like that and in the case of uh, when I did my guide for gauntlet I actually simulated the boss fight tick by tick so I could do eating redemptioning tick eating like all that stuff that one was much more complicated to do all that, but Jesus. it was it was kind of necessary because of uh you know it it survivability is a big part of it and you know tick eating redemptioning those are all things that had to be simulated to get a actual 
realistic answer of what is the chance you kill the boss in this time. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I do have a public GitHub where you can see some of my sims. I I tend to have like a a kind of a, a base template I work off of where I have like um, a bunch of weapons already coded in like their uh, you know well what probably like what attack bonuses will have or. I know I think I have them set to zero because I'm always changing up my gear and stuff. But I have my like, coded in, and I just I put in like attack bonus max hit, and then it's kind of you know it does all the calculations on that, so I have a, a max attack roll and stuff. And then it has like um, a boss class that I can put the HP and stat values in, and then it calculates my rolls. And then yeah, it's just like a quick template to work off of, so I can make a sim for a new boss or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's on a public GitHub, and maybe one day I'll try and make. Um, a sim that's possible for people to do their own. I mean, if you know how to code, then you could just take my sim, uh, which is in C++, and work off of that, even if you wanted to, I guess. But, yeah, it'd be tricky. It'd be kind of tricky, because you kind of just have to... You have to know how to code to change the sim, to sim a different boss, kind of. But maybe there'd be some... Maybe, I mean, yeah, the tricky thing of making a, a sim, but it's like a you know public interface you can work off of to change stuff. There's so many random little things you might need to account for for certain yeah. boss fights that it'd be impossible to include them all. It's easier if you're just like a programmer and you can just code it in. So it'd be tricky. Yeah. But yeah. Some of those bosses do get a lot trickier, especially when they like are a little bit longer. Just like Hispori's one thing, but yeah, when you start yeah increasing the times, it's like oh jeez. Yeah. What? And uh, uh yeah. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say and the, the trickiest thing about writing Sims is that you don't really know when you have a right answer. So you gotta really code in such a way that you're really trying to avoid making any mistakes, or not just mistakes, but like any flaws in logic. Because you might, uh, I don't know, you just have to really, really know the boss fight and know what you've coded. Because it's like, it's very easy to have one extra hit or one hit that didn't have a right... Uh, like, uh, for example, on uh, uh, when I was doing the... Grotesque Guardians or whatever, it's like it's so confusing with like uh, how many hits did my frog get with like my hits and like counting that all up, like how many hits I get, and then you know I'm missing one frog hit and suddenly the success rate is like ten percent worse. I'm like, wait, what happened? So it's <laughs> it, it's so yeah, it, it's so tricky to actually like make sure it's correct. Especially I think the first one of the first things I did was from a rope skip, and it there's so much that I had to learn from that of like so many things I was getting wrong. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like, I can't even imagine because I'm not a coder, yeah. but like, I can just imagine how much of a hassle that's got to be. Yeah, and it was like even like uh, Dio, D E Zero, he, uh, if any have heard of him, he made his own um, kind of like code for like doing like a, a sim for a rope skip. And we compared our code and we each had different issues. Like, we were in different numbers. I had a couple of mistakes and he had a couple of mistakes. And we both fixed different mistakes on our code to get to the same answer. So even like two different people had different errors they made in the simulation that had to be fixed so like, it's still hard to I mean obviously the rope skip's a lot more complicated to get everything precise but yeah sheesh I, I do love how I don't know RuneScape is tick based and so you get that I don't know there's like a sense of security like with um, rope skipping for example like you just do the things you're supposed to do and it's I mean unless like the rangers and the majors hit you nothing then you'll just die you know yeah. but like for the most part, you just follow these steps per tick, and you get the result. And I really love that about this game. I just love that it's tick-based. Because if it was, like, real-time, like, everything's actually, like, happening, that would just make things so insanely Yeah, that would be a mess. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of cool that there's just like a certain layout for certain world records and stuff. Now, when it, when you're doing world records, I've heard that like you'll simulate something, but you want to get a simulation that's reasonable to do. So like under a, a certain amount of hours. How do you decide what strategy you're going to go for? Is it based on the amount of hours you would like to spend on it? Or do you like, I don't know, try to go for like the toughest one? that's reasonable it kind of varies based on a few factors so i guess um i'll use Zora and gargoyles as an example because they both had a, a couple different factors at play for zora 27.6 was a very nice time to go for because it actually um you know when i'm going for a zora kill i go for befrawl overkill for anybody who doesn't know what overkill is if you kill an enemy in runescape and as the hp reaches zero there's still damage coming towards it. Like, let's say a Frawl hit that hasn't hit it yet or something. Um, it will get overkill. And it'll just be up a death animation by one tick. It's like a weird thing that the Spaghetti Code does. I don't know why. Um, so it's very important that the timing of my Frawl is like it's attacking one tick after me when I get the kill. So for Zora, 27.6 is very nice because I don't have to resummon my Frawl. Um, if I go for a time that's like like 27 seconds for example i would have to basically spellbook swap and then respawn my frawl as Zora's going down which is like a whole thing it, you mm. know it, it slows down the reset procedure except while deciding if i've done enough damage to like, do a reset with Zora attempt i have to also be spellbook swapping like it really slows down the process so 27.6 was like you know that was a big factor for why i want to go for it and just in general like that that had like a very good success rate with like but the way the ticks work out for doing nice specs into blowpipes into Tebow and such, um, it just worked out to a very good success rate, essentially. Uh, I was definitely considering going for like 27 or whatever, or but I don't know. I, I just knew 27.6 was a, a, a time that was relatively free. I mean, until we went like over double the drop rate, like 20 hours in to get it. But um, it was supposed to be like an eight hour record. Oh, geez. <laughs> but, yeah, um, but you know, I do have plans for Zora. I just wanted to get it because I felt like the, it was too free of a time for someone to take. Um, but I do have plans to return to it eventually and improve it a bit more. What are you gonna try to improve it to? Um, I'm still debating whether I'm either gonna go for 25.2 or like 20. Uh, I feel like 27 is too maybe not quite enough, but even 25.2. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What would 25.2 like? How long would that take on average? I'm trying to remember because I was considering um, trying to think. I, I did the Sims a while back. Let me think. It was uh, how much was it? Because I, I spent most of my time simming the other ones. Like 25.2 was like an idea I had that was kind of like a long. It was like a goal. I was like maybe I'll go for, but it's kind of crazy. So it, it would be a long grind. Like it's definitely probably within the range of 40 to 100 hours on average. But 40 to 100 hours. No, sorry, 40 to 100. Like, oh. I, I don't remember <laughs> I the exact like, number. Jesus, you're going to spill it. No, no, no. <laughs> like, it's, somewhere around, okay. it's probably somewhere around there. Because okay. I know, like, a, a big problem is once you go below 26.4, um, wait, um, below 27, I should say, because uh, below 26.4, uh, Blue Phase Zora no longer hits revenge. You kill it too fast. Mm. So you. It's really only green phase that's viable anymore. Blue phase still has like a chance, but it, it your success rate goes down a lot at that point because of that. And at 26.4 specifically, you can take Avenge from Zora, but then you don't get the overkill because it's like your Frolic before Avenge. So Avenge is what would kill Zora. So there's nothing left for overkill. So you get 27 second time instead. 
So it's kind of like if you want to go under 27 seconds, you kind of got to skip 26.4 and go straight to 25.8. So it's, Sheesh. it's like, it, it's kind of a pain how it works out. I love it, though. Um, yeah. What, do you, what are your thoughts on, like, going for speed runs that are longer, such as doing CMs or Inferno or TOA speed runs? Are you... More of a fan of like the more precise micro sort of strats that are under a minute, or do you like the long game of uh, I don't know, doing things uh, that are, like, in between twenty minutes and an hour? Yeah, um, there's definitely uh, you know, doing the the short ones are satisfying in their own way in the sense that you know when you set a record for like Zora or Grosses Guardians, it's probably a record that's not going to be really be beaten uh, for a while. And it's like a very like, you know, you did it pretty much the whole fight's tick perfect. Um, so that is a nice aspect of it. But at the same time, you're also spending thirty hours, sixty hours losing GP, just uh, resetting over and over to this one boss yeah. without even killing it. But um, I do enjoy like the longer grinds. You know, obviously, at one point I did have a tied solo chambers record with Addy years ago. So. I do enjoy speedrunning the other ones. I do plan on like improving my Inferno and CMPB soon. Like once I finish with Grotesque Guardians, I'll probably go back to TOA, maybe do some TOA speedruns and some other stuff, and start to slowly work on the Inferno and CMs. I probably will try to get CM solo record because like um, I'm yeah you know, pretty much when I was going for my sub thirty pre TOA, I was pretty much the method I was doing pretty much had the capability of getting world record if we had the RNG. So I'm already at the skill level to, you know, push for world record solo CM. I do want to push for a good Inferno time as well, but skill-wise, my Inferno speedrun skills are, like, very far off of world record. So whereas CM, I just need the RNG for it. Inferno, I need the the skill for it still. My PB is only, like, a 51-something for Inferno. But, I mean, that's pre-TOA, but still. it's I've, I've been slacking on the Inferno grind, but I do enjoy them, and I really want to really improve on my Inferno speedrun times because... It's a one area of a game. I will say this: I'm not the best at maintaining uh, precise clicks for a long period of time. Like for like, you know, that's why like I'm I'm pretty good at these like short speed runs, like uh, you know, versus guardians and stuff. But I kind of struggle sometimes with like keeping uh, good consistent clicks for like a long time for like an entire inferno. So oh, like, yeah. I guess for yeah, but I guess for CMs I don't have too much of an issue. I guess CMs is a bit easier though. It inferno is so much constantly being on tick and precise oh and you have to click like tiny little nibblers that spawn like it's so hard to click those and you have to do it with you have to do like switch your prayer and then in the same tick swipe across the screen and try to click a bat or something within the same yeah it's like yeah you see Addicon, he makes it look so easy and you see ross making it look easier it's like you guys have like straight zoomer clicks you guys are just going everywhere like crazy it's yeah yeah. But yeah, so I got work to get on that level for Inferno. But yeah, definitely, uh, I do enjoy the long speed runs. It's nice that I get to actually, it's a bit more chill in a way, but like I'm actually doing runs, not just resetting over and over and over and over the first two seconds of a boss, I guess, except for Tecton. But yeah. What What are your thoughts on a high scores, like an official high scores that has all the boss speed runs? I would be a big fan of that. Um, I, I feel like it'd be cool if they also had like, I guess, yeah, I guess it's the high scores ever names. Because, like, they've kind of had, like, if you look at the, the board for, say, Gauntlet, they had the fastest time, but no names. I feel like it's nice to have, like, you have a high score, and your name shows up, just like it does for if you get a lot of kill counts. So, I'd be a big fan of, like, even, like, a... 
because I feel like uh, you know people go for high kill count, go for high XP. People love to push for like uh, rankings, but there's nothing like that for speedrunning. Even though speedrunning is like such a, I feel like a big part of something for end game players to do. While there's like no content updates, though, I feel like it'd be really nice to have like a high scores for it. That'd be like really really good. Yeah, the official high scores would be amazing to have that. But that is really strange that there isn't their names posted on the boards. I just realized that. That is really kind of weird because, like, Sepulchre doesn't have it either. Yeah, and even for, like, for CMs, for the weekly boards for the world, it does have the names. But then for, like, the global best, no name. That's so, so stupid. Like... Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Like, what's the point? <laughs> like, just, yeah. you're going for this time? Okay, but who beat it? Like, just, yeah. that's strange. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, let's see. Oh, this I should have asked this earlier. Mandrew asks, just curious, what does your name mean? Big fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, so my name, I have a command in my chat to explain this because it's a mouthful, but essentially Molgo Kirby, it's back in high school. Me and my girlfriend have this sort of like inside joke of this kind of character we created that combines Mole, um, M-O-L, because it's like she was in chemistry and Mole is like, uh, it's like a chemistry n- number thing, and it's also the animal, which is uh, you know just a cute animal that we both like. So double double the meaning behind that one, and then goat, just because um, you know goats are cool, and then <laughs> Kirby, because you know Kirby's cool. We just Kirby. uh, yeah, we just kind of we only always like rate up little inside jokes in high school, but yeah, we just came up with this thing. I actually made a little flash animation of a uh, mogul Kirby, like a Kirby riding a goat. <laughs> um, like I, it's one of my emotes now but i made that in high school that little animated emote <laughs> i it's funny yeah. because like i never really exactly know what to call you i just call you mole goat because it's like just yeah. the shorter version is that what most people would probably call you or yeah a lot of people say mole goat some people say mole a lot of people say kirby okay some people say mole goat kirby yeah, yeah i of... never i never know because i'm like do i say mole goat or just like or do i say kirby it's just like huh yeah, yeah. that's cool interesting but yeah, that's the origin name. <laughs> okay, let's see. This is an interesting question. Uh, Chick asks, random question. What would you do if Jagex, le- if Jagex instantly disbanded? No more RuneScape. Uh, being in a tough place as a full-time RuneScape streamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd, all, we'd all jump to uh, that little, like, what, what's like? What's that game? Sick nerds playing? You've seen that? Like uh, it's a classic. It's like not even RuneScape, but it looks like a sort of like a RuneScape I, classic. I heard. I've I haven't seen him play it, but I heard people tell me about this. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called though. But <laughs> we'd all jump over there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd see. Like, I mean, I kind of wish I branched out to variety sooner, but <laughs> yeah, at that point, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like okay. First of all, I don't see OSR as dying. Um, Same. And even if it were, first of all, that's a while away, and we will see it. Like, it's not just going to be like, all right, we're done updating it. Like, we would see it slowly dying. They'd make some stupid updates or something. And we probably would lose interest before, like, they actually were to stop updating it completely or just get rid of it completely. I feel like most people would have already left the game. So yeah, it's an interesting concept, but uh, it, and even if it were to just be like one day it's gone, like I feel like 
it would just be private servers or something. And yeah, again, oh, yeah. this is all like hypothetical because I don't even see them actually just shutting the game down. Yeah, there's no way. Not about years and years of warning. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I don't know. I'd probably have some variety streaming. Maybe see like there's games I've thought of playing, but you know, obviously if you play RuneScape, you don't have time to really play a second MMO. But I mean, there's ones I consider. I've always I've heard of Genshin. Maybe I give that a try. I don't know. I saw I, you doing your Elden Ring streams. Those oh yeah, were, those were kind of cool. It, it felt like you were taking a different, not a, like a different spin, but it seemed like you were doing the same sort of stuff you do in RuneScape, like trying to, I don't know, just improve on bosses and and stuff. Yeah, like, like, that, like, so. like I would develop a level one playthrough as well, which is a challenge. And then... <laughs> yeah, like that. I I feel like. If something were to happen, you'd be just fine because you'd just end up speedrunning some other games. Do you find uh, like those retro games fun at all? I know like speedrunning in uh, those like old Nintendo games are pretty big, like Zelda yeah. and Mario. I was gonna say honestly, I would definitely consider doing some Mario sixty four speedruns because I you know, I watch Cheese as, as Twitch streamer uh, speedrun Mario sixty four, and I've always been a fan of watching speedruns on Twitch. It's like you know the first. Re- when I first started watching Twitch, it's back in the day of like people speedrunning the old Pokemon games on like like very the very OG old school ones. So I would definitely think I would enjoy just speedrunning some old sort of games like that because uh, the Mario sixty four speedrun is pretty crazy. Like how they've spent years and years speedrunning a game better and better, and like the times they get now just blow the times they used to get out of the water. And like it's insane how uh, the skill curve that's happened after just. It's such an old game, but they've they've somehow still gotten better and better at it after like so many years. Yeah. Well, oh, I I forgot to ask about this earlier. What are your thoughts on quest speedrunning? Have you touched it at all? Uh yeah. I got like I got all the platinum so the day came out. Um, so I've, <laughs> you know, I've touched it. Just, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, I actually I had the worst RNG, but like when I was doing Dragon Slayer, I just kept noodling so badly. I'll get for you know three minutes to kill the boss, and I just hit nothing. I'm like, what is happening? Sheesh. But that, I think they increased the timeline by like a minute, so I guess it wouldn't have had that issue now. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I like it. Um, I am curious when we add more quests. Uh, obviously, the tricky thing is we kind of need to get the, the speed run time to be like a, a good, you know, good mix between challenging and not too easy, mm-hmm. and. The problem with that is like there could be speedrun tech we don't know about. So I think are they just like always releasing the quest to a beta world before they release it to a, the, the main world, and they just kind of see what sort of times people can get. Like, is that what they're doing? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean that would be the smartest way to go about it. I don't know how they decide. Yeah, but it. Yeah. Oh, so you go first. I'm just I'm just excited for them to come out with those like more in depth quests like Monkey Madness two and things like that yeah. like things that are really gonna be a treat to just see the competition involved and I'm gonna be honest if they want to make I mean because you see those worlds like let me just look at how many pe- people yeah. on the <laughs> speedrun worlds oh my goodness not zero 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 one two the most any of these worlds have for those just listening and can't see is four. <laughs> There's four oh. people on one of them. But I don't know. I think they really could add some great rewards. Like, for example, if they really wanted to get people into quest speedrunning, not to, like, try to force it too much, but there really could be some, like, some sort of incentive, some reward thing you can get. I know they already have those outfits coming out and stuff, but, like, I don't know. 
It's hard to say yeah. because like a lot of people just aren't in- obviously a lot of people aren't interested, but yeah. I mean the the new home teleport they give is I think it was five ticks faster than the normal te- uh, home teleport spell. Ooh, okay, that's actually oh. worth it. I was wondering about that. I was like, is that just the same yeah. speed? Yeah, like I, I I forget if it's five, but I did count it. It was like something like five ticks. So it's that's pretty nice. Yeah, that's cool. I guess. Okay, and I I I do want to get that um new graceful. That looks pretty sick when you can actually. Oh, yeah. get it. But you still can't even purchase it yet, can you? Yeah, I don't think you can. I think you have to still wait for more quests to come out. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, them doing some more with it. I haven't even touched it, um, mainly because I don't know, just have other things doing on this account. But it still is a yeah. cool thing. I I'm a little disappointed that not many people are going after it, mainly because I'm just selfish and I just want to watch people go fast. Yeah. I don't actually want to be the one going fast. Yeah, I just want to watch the competition. But yeah. So, selfishly, of course, I'd like to see them improve on quest speedrunning just to see some more competition, but I'm not going to, like, try to, I don't know, get people incentivized too much to do it, just artificially. Yeah. I guess the biggest, you know, at the moment, there's, like, five quests out, so people get it done, and now there's no, you get it done that day, and you're kind of chilling, but. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm hoping once they, once they put more quests out there and more rewards, you'll see more activity, because, yeah. All right. Mo Amian asks, when are you going to do the agility laps you owe us? Uh, I'm unfamiliar with that. And he also asks, uh-huh. would you ever make an iron? And then he says, just wanted to thank you for being the kindest guy on Twitch. I can agree with that. So, I mean, uh, I have like a channel point award where people can redeem it to make me do sepulchre laps. And I, I think at this point I owe like a level 100 to agility or so. So <laughs> I'm a bit behind on that. <laughs> just a little behind. Uh, we'll get there one day. <laughs> All right. What do you think about Iron Man mode? You ever touched I, Iron Man? I actually do have a hardcore. I played it on stream a few times in the past. I think the last time I played it was like a year or two ago because I was like, it was ready for Inferno. I wanted to do like a you know a semi mid low level Inferno. It was like sixty five combat or something. But I had to de rust and learn the low level. I had to remember how to do like the low level Zuck where you stack the mages. If I was going to do it at this level, and then I think like Trailblazer or something was coming out or or twisted, or, 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 I don't know something was coming out that I had to do, and I just kind of never got back on the account. But definitely, once I get caught up in some of uh, you know between TOA and some world records I'm going for, like once I get kind of caught up in some of my goals, I think I will play it again. Uh, you know, get that inferno, that level of inferno done, or maybe we'll just die and just do it at, like a higher level after we burn our supplies. But yeah, I definitely want to come back to like I, the thing about Iron Man mode. I really like it. I think it's like a fun game mode. Biggest problem is I don't have unlimited time and a lot of goals in the main game. So it's like, I feel like if I had more time in the world, I would love to just really go hard and iron, try to get like all the stuff. Um, yeah, it's very an much. insane time commitment. Like, yeah. just even thinking about how many hours I've put on my account. <laughs> like, I'm over 700 days on this oh, account damn. alone. And I'm like... Yeah. yeah. You just... Sometimes when you play this game for so long, like you 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 start to forget how long grinds actually take because it's just like if you have a main account, it's just a huge accumulation of everything you've ever done. Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, well, I just got to this point all of a sudden, but it's like, dude, this took so many hours that you're not even thinking of." I kind of had that thought when I was like, "Man, I've spent 65 hours reshaping Grotesque Guardians trying to get the sub one." <laughs> I 
can't believe how many hours I've spent on that already. Yeah, it's crazy how it just flies by. I mean, even I, I think of just like my Serachnus. Like sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh, I've I you know I've I've done Serachnus for you know a good bit, but then I actually think about it, I'm like, I've almost done twenty five thousand, and it's like under. Oh my! I mean, it's like about fifty kills an hour. So like I'm looking at like five hundred hours there holy just like killing spider and that would be like efficient that I, I don't even think i on average even get 50 kills an hour including all the clues and breaks and running there and stuff but yeah it's insane how the time just adds up and it doesn't seem like anything. yeah <laughs> okay it def yeah, no, no, definitely did ahead. not feel like i spent 65 hours doing grotesque guardians but yeah. <laughs> i looked back and like wow the vods add up yep yep <laughs> okay here's the topic from the Patreon. Somebody asked. It doesn't have a Twitter. So, Sadat asks, uh, if you could only eat one thing slash dish for the rest of your life, what would it be? That's a tricky one. Um, there's definitely you know, some meals. I was thinking about this a bit earlier because I saw there was like a, a Twitter post of that as well. Um, there's some meals very tempting. You know, like really, really like comfort food, like mac and cheese, like a you know a burger or something, but problem with those you get tired of it if you have it every day so i was kind of thinking if i had to pick one meal i'd probably go with sushi like it's yes. it could be heavy or like a bit light and you get a bit of variety and i feel like i could eat that every day easily and i would like love it oh yeah so no, i'm we're on the same page here sushi oh nice <laughs> yeah anything sushi all the way. honestly anything from the sea like i just absolutely oh, love yeah. seafood same it's so good yeah like if if I could just have seafood all like for the rest of my life I'd probably be fine. If I was stranded on an island with like fish and stuff, yeah, I'd be totally chilling. Yeah. Same. Okay. Um let's see. Was your recent IRL cooking stream your first time doing an IRL stream and can you see yourself expanding and doing something like this more often? Yeah, that was yeah, that was my first time doing an IRL sort of thing. Uh, I had to like learn how to do like um, you know, how to how to record like in a different location and send it over to my PC. So it was actually very simple, which is good. Um, surprised how easy it's because I like the double camera POV going, which is really cool. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot, and I could definitely see myself doing it again because I always you know I, I teased doing like a cooking stream for years, like I'm gonna do it, it's gonna be fun, but never got around to doing it. But then obviously we got the HelloFresh thing, so I was like, well, let's give it a go. We'll try a cooking stream out, see how it is. But yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially with having my girlfriend help me with like the filming, because I feel like people really like the double POV. Because that's the thing, I feel like I see cooking streams sometimes, and you know they got the one camera, so you can only see so much going on. Yeah, but it's, a, it's a bit claustrophobic. Yeah, both but, but double POV, you got the general view from my my laptop sitting in like the center of the kitchen, and then you have like the my girlfriend with a camera just following me up the phone. Um, follow me around so you get a more close-up view at like the stuff I'm doing so yep. it I think it'd be cool if I could get like some sort of like a I don't know some sort of like GoPro or something so like you can like see the, the actual POV yeah like a video game when I'm doing awesome. stuff so but yeah I definitely want to do more I think it's a lot of fun doing stuff like that the IRL sort of like cooking stream and such so hopefully we can do that again in the near future very cool all right he also asks, what would you like to see as the next big PVM update for OSRS? The next big PVM update? I guess besides Raids 4, like something in between yeah. from now and then. I'm guessing also besides, because obviously the, the Tazakal trials have been like teased as like a thing. 
Yeah, that's actually the, the next big... topic he has, Blue Inferno. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than that as well, I guess, too. Yeah, other than that, I mean, hard to, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a sort of player who loves challenging content, you know, so if it's something like, obviously, you know, we just had Raids 3, so it's going to be a while before Raids 4, so it's, it's not time for that, but... And it's tricky because, you know, Tactical Trials coming out potentially is one of the next big ones. And it's like, that's kind of what I was going to say. Something like along those lines, like a challenging piece of content that's like, uh, you get a reward for doing it. Because, I mean, at the moment, we have, we just got a lot of new items from, like, you know, a lot of tradable items, like, you know, Missouri, Fang, Staff. So it's not like we're in dire need of adding a new boss with a new drop table um, too badly right now. So something that's um, more of like, Cause, uh, it's been a long time since we had, you know, something like the Inferno, but it gives, like, it's a challenging piece of content. You do it, you get a reward that, like, improves your account. I feel like it's been a while since the last update they gave us that. So I feel like that's the next sort of big thing we need. And it's kind of, I guess it goes closer to that next question, because the Blue Inferno is kind of, like, one of the, potentially the next big things we could be seeing. I guess there's, like, that Wildy PBM coming, but... Oh, so I guess we already have some um, drop table items coming into the game. But, but yeah, just challenging piece of content that gives us a new account, account progression uh, on tradables, I feel like is what we need next. Something I would love to see is sort of like a, a boss like Akka that's a standalone boss that's just repeatable and you get a drop from it. Um, not obviously a copy of Akka, but I just love how Akka works out where there's just a lot of rhythm. To, I mean, I'm talking mainly about the butterfly method, sort of. Yeah. Just ways. I don't know. Like, a boss like that just feels so good and something like that as a three-minute standalone fight, sort of, maybe like three to five minutes or something. Like, just a, like like half the time of a Fasani's, potentially. Just yeah. something repeatable where you're just grinding out some new niche armor or some weapon or something like that would be really fun because like yeah yeah i guess that. that could be kind of nice i guess it's kind of similar to i guess uh god wars kind of evolved into sort of like not as advanced as firefly but people doing like cutting methods yeah yeah and it's definitely it it's and i feel like it's enjoyable you know like movement's a big thing that uh the big thing that separates, I feel like, RuneScape from other MMOs is like the movement, the movement system and the tick system. Mm-hmm. So I feel like uh, the game really has to take advantage of that and really, um, you know, embrace that part of the game and give us mechanics involving it. So definitely a boss like that uh, could be nice. Yeah, I was even just thinking right now. Soda Seg is it's a pretty fun fight. I was thinking, how cool would it be to have a fight that's Sort of like Soda Seg, except you're getting multiple, maybe like five different runs at the little path that it generates. But the path can be even more insane. It can have like direct diagonals and it can have uh, paths that you actually need to like run over. Like, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Where uh, when you run, you skip a tile. Something like that where you could actually, I don't know, just some more unique paths that you run there, kill the boss. But on the path, I think what would be so cool, and I've brought this up before is this idea of the floor changing colors from red, blue, and green. And so whatever it changes to, like it'll give a couple flashes that it's about to change, and then you have to switch your prayer. Or even certain Ooh. certain types of the path will be blue or red or green. And so when you're on them, you need to be praying that protection prayer in order to not get like dominated. 
So you have a little bit more going on with it, but it's still fun, engaging. You got to go quick. And then, yeah, I don't know. Something with the movement and the boss that just gets really fun and something that would be just satisfying to grind over and over would be just, uh, I think that would be Yeah. Fun. I had like a random idea in my head. Just, like, you know, those are some cool ideas as well. I really like that, a prayer for floors. But I had a random idea just now. Like, imagine a floor... And the path, it, it must be done take perfectly. Like instead of just being like a path, you can take, you, go, you know kind of travel how many tiles you want at a time to go through a statics path. It's like it has a path, to be tick perfect. It has to be tick perfect, and it has the idea of like you do. There'll be floors. There'll be maybe a different color and a different color. Like uh, there's a number on it. it, it, it a number. And if it has like say the number two, you need to step on a tile. And then step on it a second time. Like, like imagine like a, you get to a point where it's like um, you have to go back and forth between two tiles a couple times and then progress forward. Like Ooh. weird little like so like sort of like a puzzle involved in it as well. Yeah, it's almost like a like a like a rhythm game as well. It's like going like paying these notes or I don't know, but something like that. Like right? you're almost like repeating tiles of points, like doing weird fancy um, back and forth movements. I feel like that would look really cool and feel satisfying when you do it correctly. Oh like, yeah, I, I feel like it would look, it would look sick when you do it. Something that I've I also really love is you know how at the end of a God Wars dungeon kill, at least I don't know, the traditional Zami method when you used to like arc light it and you're flicking it. What was really fun is when you finally finish off Krill and you go to the minions and you're praying piety every four ticks and then switching your three protection prayers every five ticks. But yeah. What would be really cool is if there was um certain patterns like that, because first of all, that stuff's really fun. It's really tough initially because mm-hmm. it's like oh my gosh, like, it's so overwhelming, like, what's happening? But as soon as you understand what you have to pray, it becomes, like, a little rhythm to it. And I think what would be really cool is a boss that you almost have, like, a limited amount of prayer, so you actually have to do the one-tick flicks, sort of. So it forces you to kind of learn how to do that in a way and uh, have different rhythms. So you'd have, like, guys that are attacking at every three ticks or five ticks, then you have the main thing that you're hitting, which is, like, every, I don't know, certain amount of ticks like something like that which would definitely be very challenging not for everybody but like mm-hmm. i don't know it would definitely improve your skills dramatically doing things like that repeatedly yeah i'd be a big fan of that especially turning it into a rhythm game yes but yes i love it <laughs> i yeah, i'd be i would love if it did that because i i did you know, obviously you know i never did too much of an early bandos meta like you know ma- being being in like melee gear like by the time i was doing it you were kind of kind of switched to the meta of like uh, both and such, but um, yeah, I, I would still kill the minions and like they're all like on different timings. But the idea of having bot enemies at different takes I, and like flicking between them definitely would be really satisfying. I feel like so that'd be cool. What are your thoughts on a new skill? Uh I mean, I wouldn't mind it. Um, I'm not maxed, anyways. <laughs> yeah, How much of a difference to me? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I feel like. We haven't had a skill in so long. Like as I, I remember, you know, back in the day, construction coming out, and then don't remember if Slayer was out already when I started playing like the original game. But when summoning coming out, like I feel like it's very exciting when you get a new skill. Um, obviously, you know, it's old school. People don't like the change. And I know sailing and warding passed. I think they had their own issues, uh, both skills. But um, I feel like if we could get a new skill, that's like. A good skill that people want it could pass a poll and i feel like it'd be a lot of fun like it would 
it'd be a huge update to the game. Like we've never had a new skill in all of old school, but I remember back in the day what it was like when a new skill came out. It's so much content added and it really just gives you so much to do. I feel like it'd be really exciting. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I've been wanting sailing and I think I've kind of been leaning on sailing mainly because I feel like most people would be okay with it. It's an exploration skill. It's probably going to involve a lot of combat because you're going to get like randomly generated monsters out at sea potentially. And it also just, I don't know. I feel like it would include a lot of other skills. Construction would be one, building your boat potentially. And I don't know. It could be seen as a gold sink as well because if you really wanted to pimp out your your boat, you can add some gold (laughs) leaves to it and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Give that demonic throne on top of your, your ship. And there is the potential for PvP. I mean, imagine going, like, sailing out to, like, above oh. the wilderness, like, and just having little wars against people. Because then you could, like, have a completely fresh slate and balance sailing PvP perfectly from the get-go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine you'd, like, um, got, like a, a, a battle between ships and whoever loses loses their ship and all the stuff they built on it yes that'd be so dope like those oh. would be intense fights like watching that like that would be pvp i'd want to witness but uh-huh. there would, obviously that would take a lot of dev yeah. time and a lot of thought and careful balancing and stuff but that would be so cool i think sailing is the one i'm leaning toward bard was really cool i don't know if you ever saw that reddit post by uh, caveman only and um gentle tracker like I... and screedmonge I feel like I saw it, but I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Well, Caveman only was on the Save cast for like six and a half hours <laughs> talking about oh, it. My so goodness. it was definitely like I got to have the full experience of just learning about the skill and what he would like to see from it. It's definitely not really combat related though. So a lot of people were like, Oh, I don't want Bard, I want some I want to kill stuff, you know. So yeah. I feel like we need to sort of lean in order for it to pass, it needs to be somehow combat related. It would definitely help. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to ask you what your goals are in game. Right now you're working on beating the uh, Grotesque. I know you you currently hold the tied world record for Grotesque Guardians. Is that true? Uh, we have the record. Oh, okay. We're going for sub one. We want the sub one. Okay. So you tied uh, it previously because... By a tick or something, or am I even getting that right? Did you tie I, at all? I, for some reason, that's nah, in my head. Okay. I was a tick too slow, I and mean, then I was a tick faster than my record, so I kind of skipped over. Oh, okay, I tie. See. I see. But you're still trying to go. Oh, so you got exactly a minute, right? A uh, minute oh six. Okay. So it was like a, a point, like a, a tick over a minute. So you need to save two more ticks. Yeah, and it, we've had so many close calls. We had to run a couple days ago. But I was literally ten HP off of finishing it, oh, and we'd be done our grind. That's so painful. <laughs> Yeah, there's got to be a lot of pain in those grinds. Just seeing the RNG just go so oh, well yeah. and then just plank at the end. Like I've had so many runs where, like you know, blowpipe has ninety uh, percent accuracy, so ten percent chance to miss. So if I see four zeros in a row, that's a one in ten thousand <laughs> chance, and I see it way too often. <laughs> it's so troll. My, like my blowpipe on P two dawn, it just it forgets what it's doing. Uh, Doesn't know how to God. do damage anymore. Oh, and then what's but, after that? Do you think for goals? Um, so after we're done with that, I'll probably for a while kind of you know do some TOA. I want to you know get a bit more money from TOA just to fund future grinds because TOA is still a lot of money per hour. 
Um, might do a bit, you know, speed running, bit of high high level invocation raids as well. Because I still haven't done any 575s. I kind of want to do that at some point. Just kept putting it off because I kept playing when servers were busy, and doing a 575 raid when servers are like a tick of delay did not seem like fun. Yeah. So yeah, um, but after that, I want to kind of work towards um, Inferno and CM speed running. So definitely doing that, kind of working towards hopefully again um, at least close to CM record. And for Inferno, we're just we're we're miles away from Inferno record. So just you know getting our sub fifty, working down to like a forty-five minute time, maybe I'd be happy with. Uh, maybe pushing for record if I can really improve my clicks. But I also want to start working on... Uh, I want to update some of my combat guides. With, with ZCB, some of the methods change a bit with ZCB kind of replacing claw specs. And I do have a few more combat achievement guides I haven't made yet. Like the... I never did one for Fight Caves, never did one for Inferno Sub-65. Never did any guides for Chambers uh, or CM solo speedrun. So I want to make those guides as well. And... Um, actually, I have the, the, the footage all recorded for doing the Dagonop Kings, you know, kill the three at the same time thing, which, like the method. There's a really good method to make it a lot more consistent, but I just never made the guide. So, mm. so yeah, pretty much um, working towards game footage for those guides on stream and just kind of doing that. Because, yeah, beyond that, I mean, not sure where else to go. So. I'll have to see what else we, I mean, what else we go for in the future. But that's like, you know, that's a lot of stuff, though. That alone will take up a long time. Yeah. And then in, in between, are you going to be working on Max as well? Or are you just yeah. like, not really? I kind of have to because the Max Cape is like so important to speedrunning it, it now. Is, so kinda, it really is. I kind of, kind of need it now. Yeah. It's funny how that kind of came to be. Initially, Max Cape came out, no perks, no nothing. And then all of a sudden, yep. it's like the most busted object in the yeah. universe of Gilinor. Yeah. Even weighs like seven kilograms less than the like Inferno Cape and Assembler. Yeah, it's fucking busted. What do you think of customizable Max Capes? Do you like it? There are people that are still kind of purists with it, where they just want to keep the original red Max Cape, don't have any customizations. At least where it comes to utility. Obviously, we do have different Max Capes, but like a Max yeah. Cape that still acts as a Max Cape with different colors and stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I like you know when I Max at least I feel like I would just keep my my like obviously, I would use the you know the Inferno version and the Assembler version because they weigh less. Mm -hmm. But for the actual utility version, I'd probably just keep it normal so I can like know which cape is the right one to use. Yeah, and not get confused with my inventory. There, there's been a few suggestions. Like people just want us, like they want the ability to just change the color. Like you would change a color like of your hair in game, just change the max cape color. But yeah, there's also been like champions cape max cape and uh other things i guess you're not max so it's definitely probably not been on your mind as much as for other people yeah. who have been maxed for years but like yeah yeah i want some customizable max capes i've been uh really looking forward to it. i feel like the red one just it's great and all and then it's like this thing is just getting like it just it's so basic i don't know it's it gets old and red's never been my favorite color or anything i want to see well now that we actually have the yellow max cape with the assembler like I kind of that works as well, but I wanted to have the functionality of a max cape as well. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they could even do something with like graceful. Like they could just like make your graceful cape whatever color you have and just mix that color with the max cape. Anyway, I know you don't really care about this. I've just brought it up just in case. But um okay. We've actually covered all the topics, so I wanna ask you, is there anything okay. else you would like to uh kind of touch on before i ask you for some shout outs 
Uh, do I have any other last words? Let me think. Um, no, we've covered quite a bit. I'm just making yeah. sure. <laughs> we covered a lot. I'm trying to think. Was there anything else I want to mention? I don't know if there is, because that's a lot of stuff we covered. Um, if there is anything, I can't think of it in the moment. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to ask you then for three shout-outs from the community. Anybody that you think uh, deserves one and why. Uh, uh let's think. And th- I just brought this up on him, so I did not I did not ask him this previously, so he's on the spot now for those listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll shout-out, I mean... Uh, gonna shout out new type because why not? He's, a, he's been gaming. He did the first 600 completion in TLA. He did the 770 completion back <laughs> yeah. when the bug abuse thing was there. <laughs> Took a two week vacation for it. <laughs> he's been uh, he's a beast. he's been going yeah he's been going hard. I'll give him a shout out for sure. Well, uh, absolute legend. And who else? Two more. Um, it's so hard. I mean. I feel like, you know, we, we definitely mentioned some people already, Miss Streamer, Gamer, so. It's so hard to pick people, oh my goodness. I mean, I'll give 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 Ross a man a shout. He's been gaming, pushing that Soul CM record and, and Inferno record. Like, it's actually insane how uh, the times he's been pushing them both at the same time. Like, he's absolute beast. Definitely check out Ross the man. If you want some top-tier gaming. Hell yeah. And who do I do last... I'm gonna go with. Uh, it's sort of. I have to like pick between one. <laughs> I'm trying. To... <laughs> There's like for so many people you could pick. Oh it's yeah. Like... No, I limit it to three because it's just like, and it doesn't even have to be top three. Just anybody you think is like deserving. Yeah. Because mostly you know, I'm trying to. You know, I don't want to shout like someone who already has like a big audience. <laughs> yeah. Defeats the purpose of it. Uh. Well, I mean, Ross has been doing really good though. I know with his Twitch, like holy. Oh yeah, he's been killing it. Uh, last one. I don't know. I'll, I'll do. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll go for Smork. Why not? Crumpy oh, yeah. Gauntlet world record holder. He's a gamer. Been doing also the Inferno stuff and uh, the uh, TOA speed runs. I think he had the record at one point, but then someone took it. Yeah, I'll do Smork three thousand. Never legendary gamer. But there's there's so many other people to give shouts to as well. It's hard having to pick three, but you know many others. Yeah, no, ab- you literally named the three, like, biggest gamers of, like, the past couple months, honestly, that's what it feels like. Noob type came out of nowhere with the, uh, I know Pork Kazard was the first one with the 500. Yeah. Cra- like, he was doing, like, some crazy tech <laughs> with that, and then yeah. Noob type just grinding out some 575s all of a sudden, like, the next week. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's cool to see, though. It's nice to also have those Giga Brains and the in the community including yourself because like yeah i mean at least for me i'm not the one that's doing the dps calcs or finding out simulations on how to do things so when i have a guide on how to get my little kits it's nice oh yeah yeah Yeah, i love the album i love hearing just people tell me how my my guys help them get for kit or a fan kit or whatever so that's really nice to see yeah Okay, uh, Molgoat, I had an absolute pleasure today. I'm going to have your links down in the description. So your YouTube, your Twitch, your Twitter. Is there anything else you'd like linked? Um, I mean, that's all. That's that's the main things, really. I mean, there's my Discord server, but I don't think you would really link the Discord server. So, yeah. If you uh, want, I can link it, but that's up to you. That's okay. Yeah. But that should be good. That should right. be good, yo. Perfect. But yeah, it was a pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, no, it was definitely a, a lot of fun. It just flies by. We've already been 
talking for almost two and a half hours. So uh, yeah, it went by fast. Yeah, Mulgoat, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, guys. Next week we are going to be having Sick Nerd on the cast. That it's going to be coming up on Thursday, and then uh, some more guests later on. If you guys would like to support the podcast, down in the description there's a Patreon link. If you'd like to either give a monthly pledge or just a one-time little uh, donation, it would be greatly appreciated. But other than that, Olga, thank you very much. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.